three, two, one. What are we? Some kind of Final Fantasy, the spirits within? That was a quote <laughs> from uh, Final Fantasy VII, popular video game. Um, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex, and this is a podcast of I don't remember the name. That was a quote from Bo is Afraid. I'm Ralph <laughs> Seppi, or I'm I'm Bo. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm af- I'm terrified. Of what? Of uh, yeah. Bo is of Afraid. Alex? <laughs> the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're making me scared over here. <laughs> Alex is afraid over here. That's who I am. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether it's leading to the, the Bo references or the... Uh, I don't know. Have you collected your spirit waves over here? What's, what's your phantom intensity oh, right now? Oh, oh, don't shit. use no, the S word. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> What was the line from the movie? We don't, we don't use the S word around here. That's I I love that you love that movie, it seems. You seem to <laughs> have like at least remembered that it exists. You recommended it. There's something about it that clearly clicks with you. There is something. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's stories attached to this movie. It's, okay, cool. Yeah. But we'll save that for later. Okay. Yeah. I'll get my chakras yeah, we'll aligned. Put that in a little box. Yeah. Put that in a little box and save it for later. Mm, a little tease. A little setup for later. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little, a little tasting. Mm. Um, do we want to just go right into Bo? Bo, 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 yeah. Bo, Bo, Bo. Bo is scared. Mm-hmm. Bo's a little bit frightened. <laughs> yeah. Have either of you seen the short film it's based on? Oh, it's like he made a little short film no. Ari Aster years ago called Bo. It's just called Bo. Kind of made it. Yeah, it's just called Bo. I had no idea. No, I haven't seen this. Oh, you didn't even know? No, I knew no. this was like a project that he'd wanted to make for a long time. I didn't realize it was. Based on a short that I got that far. I also yeah, yeah. seem to remember this was originally called Disappointment Boulevard. Yeah. Well, apparently that was just like a ruse, like a way. It was apparently always supposed to be called Bo is Afraid. Oh. It was just like a. It was just so you know, we got like disappointed a, oh. the project. by the title change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm fine. Why? After seeing the movie, I'm fine with Bo is Afraid, to be honest. Um, I get it. I mean, it's. <laughs> It makes what it's going for a little more obvious with that title. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, it's like the short film, Bo, and then Bo's Afraid. It's like an extension of the short film. Bo, yeah. more like Boo. Mm-hmm. Well, not a fan, are we? No, nah, I, I like it. I mean, I have my <laughs> criticisms, obviously. I like it overall. <laughs> more like Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anti-Aster. <laughs> no. It's crazy though. Um, yeah, because of course this is what his, his third his third feature, right? And it's kind of what drew me to it. I remember saying in our midsummer discussion, like he seems to have nailed this kind of specific type of genre trappings, the this kind of tone. What can he do kind of outside of that? And I feel like that's kind of what he's leaned into with Bo's Afraid. It, it doesn't feel restrained by genre trappings. It doesn't feel like a modernization of a uh, Wicker Man or whatever you want it to be it does feel like its own thing and that kind of is both its strength and weakness because it is yeah. it's quite inaccessible it's quite yeah it's quite an obtuse film it's extremely long um it's it kind of devolves as it goes along it's uh yeah like quite non-literal at points it's, it's three really hours a lot long. of answers yeah it's it's a, it's an odyssey yeah it's it's a whole journey the budget on this is crazy. I believe it's thirty-five million, which is the highest A twenty-four budget, high budgeted thing they've ever done. 
And it's yeah, th- this I movie. I ask you guys about like, like what, what do you think their thinking with that was? Do you I, think I don't know they were what confident the they were going to get it back? Because no, man, it, there is literally no, no. Here's there the is thi- no way they were going to make that back. They it's, fucking it's, released this I'm, movie like, in like IMAXs. I feel like they at least had some structure where like they were maybe hoping like even if they weren't then they were about completely it. delusional. I think that they were. Well, I mean, they were at least giving a lot of leeway to the guy that like basically made their brand. You know? <laughs> yeah, they gave him a lot of faith. I think they really believe yeah. they're, they're directors. But yeah, there's like no... There is no planet where like this movie would do well. It was a it's freebie. It's just like yeah. a fucking three hour long weird... Like it's so inaccessible. It's yeah. like completely yeah, inaccessible. We compare it to like everything everywhere all at once from last year. That was the highest budgeted thing they've ever done before this. And yeah. that movie is super accessible. So it makes sense why you'd like spend so much money on it. But there's absolutely no way that they thought they were getting their money back with this movie. There's just not a fucking chance. Because it's so out there. And it's three hours long. Maybe they thought the Joaquin Phoenix inclusion? I, I don't know. There's no, a lot yeah. of people at casinos that uh, hit the slot machines and they think they're getting their money back maybe. So yeah. maybe it's one of those. Maybe it's one of those yeah. like delusional, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's probably not likely, but it'll be really cool if it does happen, you know? Like, yeah. I just hope it doesn't hurt his career in any way. I don't think it will. It's kind of an upward trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so, I'm looking yeah. at like the stats on IMDb right now. It's oh, got 17,000 ratings. When it know? came out, there were people like, oh, this is a career render. Their careers are over. Oh yeah, Joaquin's nah, not. I think gonna, he's going to be removed from Joker yeah. too. Like he's done. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's over. I mean, it's it over. seems like people like working with them, so that's not it. It's uh, it's just like a really fucking weird movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not a horror movie. Do we just get into spoilers or what? Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna have to. Is there it's like watching a three-hour-long, like escalating <laughs> intrusive thought? You know, like there's yeah. there's very little that grounds it, and it just gets yeah. more and more obs- obtuse and insane. Like it's kind of categorized by these four main locations, and each time they kind of switch location, things kind of start escalating. Like the first the first part of the movie that's set in Bo's apartment. It's not really going out of certain bounds beyond little hints here and there of like the surreal nature. But yeah, each time with each hour that passes, the more kind of out there it becomes. And yeah, spoilers, yeah. I guess. But by the time you're in that that last setting where he like confronts his mom and it's like totally going off the deep end and you're seeing giant dick puppets and it's just absolute oh, yeah. insanity. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's consistently entertaining and all the performances are amazing and the production was just consistently varied and interesting and yeah i love the way it was all put together it's just <laughs> once it once it ends i'm a little bit like what what am i missing what am i i don't know they felt like there was mm-hmm. a point two and a half hours in where i was like i've kind of got to accept at this point that there's, there's pretty much no way the last half an hour can make <laughs> the previous two and a half hours make sense in <laughs> any kind of linear obvious way yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't holding out for that I wasn't holding out for that at all. I was, you know, my expectation was, or my hope at least, was to get some sort of like satisfying payoffs, but that didn't really happen. Yeah, that was kind of my biggest problem was that each one of these locations was setting up like an intriguing situation, whether it be his reliance on these 
drugs and he's got to drink water with them at the right time but the water's come off and there's all this homeless stuff going on and it's like this really tense situation and that, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. a fun little vignette in and of itself but then yeah we shift to a different location suddenly there's this new doctor character and his wife and there's this this vet guy who's clearly losing his mind and they're setting all that up but then it would jump to another location there's a new set of characters and like this whole side story like uh with these traveling theater people and it yeah it it does yeah. feel like it and keeps it becomes like a dream sequence of like his whole life <laughs> yeah like, and then it always it shifts really, into being an entire yeah. dream sequence and it, it it totally as far as like any kind of linear plot i was like really checked out at a certain point it's very episodic it's mostly like yeah just like these little vignettes because uh-huh. the whole framing is like his mum like has taken out by accident so he thinks he gets a phone call from like a ups driver who's found her body um that had been crushed by a chandelier so then it's kind of Bo's mission it's his odyssey to travel across the country to try and get to his mum's funeral and yeah mm-hmm. it, do- it does shift to this point where it turns out his mother was never dead all along and it was all this kind of crazy it's, conspiracy yeah, crazy thing because this- she was she, there's like so she like controls a company or owns a company that's like, like a big ceo yeah yeah but it's like one of the, it like controls the entire world or it like makes everything like microwaves and whatever she it's controls like, his life it's, like a and it's, it's you know the the commentary of the film is about how his psyche has been damaged by like a controlling mother yeah. basically yeah yeah and so she controls right. like literally everything to an exaggerated uh-huh. degree in the same way that like all of his fears throughout the film are exaggerated and yeah know, the- but like what <laughs> like the whole he's like, actually, like codependent on her and he's, yeah, he's a, kind of this helpless character with no agency super yeah. surreal yeah i mean i it kind of says like i don't like the movie i do like the movie i was just puzzled by why they gave him that money to make it because there's no way they were going to make that back (laughs) on this fucking movie i mean it is like a total fever dream like the whole thing and it's like it's not a horror movie but it did make me super anxious at points like that last half hour or whatever when he's with this it's like some really anxiety induced like if you have anxiety like it's it's like stressful it's just like screaming (laughs) and like it's it's a lot of irrational fears that yeah kind of just brought to life but it's like a fucking nightmare like especially at the end i i felt like it was most yeah. effective really. for me in the first half of the film like before we got to the play scene like i was totally into it and i was totally willing or able to ex- absorb the intended emotions and an- anxiety that the film was bringing towards me but i feel like there's something about that play scene and in of itself like it it makes for a really good short film within the movie but i feel like it kind of derails the the progression of the plot because up until that point it's a very clear like i've got to find my mother got to find my mother and the heightened anxiety of like you know him when nathan lane is like trying to prevent him from going anywhere and he's like no we'll just stay another day oh it's another day and it turns into another day like that's a building heightened tension where it's just like, ah, oh, it's getting worse and worse, and if I don't go now, blah, 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 The clock's ticking, and then all of a sudden we get to the, the play scene, and the clock isn't ticking anymore. And I get that thematically, you know, you want to have this moment of, like, levity or, or escape for the character where it's like, okay, this is the one part of the film where he isn't being controlled by his mother, and he gets to, you know, escape to this fantasy. But I feel like as a, a viewer's experience in terms of, like, really trying to be drawn to something or grounded to something even though it's a surrealist film there was that one thing that was that that was keeping me interested in 
the movie and it was the progression of him going to his mother. And then at that point it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not really supposed to care about that according to this film because we're spending so much time on this. And then like directly after that whole army guy just dies immediately. I was like, okay, that was kind of an unsatisfying buildup to that. And then, you know, he gets to his mom and then there's a lot of unsatisfying conclusions to to that whole thing. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the movie overall, but I, I just really um, wasn't a fan of how long it was and what uh, it wound up doing. I feel like yeah. there's a better Super two hour long, long movie within this in the editing room. Mm. It does. Yeah, feel I'm like, torn. Um, I'm torn because mm-hmm. on that, yeah. that whole like tangential side quest scene with the traveling theater, like I, I agree with you. It does. It does kind of feel like it's changing direction all of a sudden, but that was almost what was so kind of refreshing about it to me, the way it was like, you're, you're grounded throughout the entire previous, like, uh, running time with like, how this character just has nothing and he's like so ground down by his mother and it is just like stacking misery on misery on misery and it is this one, like, kind of shining hope of like the future or some kind of, yeah, something for this character outside of this oppression that he's experienced. And it is this weird kind of sad, ironic joy that he finds through this like theater, um, that he's like stumbled across. And there was something that was where I was, yeah, I, I was kind of really into the movie during that, that sequence and the way it was pulled off and the way he does oh, go really? from being okay. like, okay. Cause it seems, yeah, a lot of people didn't, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot sequence. of people find that to be their favorite part of the movie. Like it's very distinct. And it's very nice looking. A lot of people I know like the first part the best. They were more on like Adam's side. Yeah, yeah I agree with where yeah. it sits in the movie, perhaps kind of pulling me out of it somewhat. But as far as like memorable scenes and parts that I'm thinking about, like some of the dialogue in there, it's like a really beautiful sequence. The, the way, it's, the way Yeah, it's, it's a nice like short a, film that interrupts the plot. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it doesn't. Like the more I think about it, the, the more I feel it enriches the character and it kind of enriches the experience. And I feel like maybe upon a second watch, I wouldn't feel like it would disrupt me that much. That's kind of how I'm feeling now. But I feel like it exists perfectly fine within the movie, but the movie's three hours long and that adds to it feeling like, like yeah. come on, yeah. get on, on with it sort of thing. Like I wouldn't feel that way if it wasn't so long. Like not just the sequence within the in the middle of the movie, but the whole movie itself, like there is nothing about that. Even the people that love this movie, like no one seems to be thinking that there's any justification for this movie being three hours long. Right. No, like it it should be, there's a better two hour long movie in here. And I feel like you could still have that entire (laughs) story, maybe like condensed a little bit within that. I feel like you could still have that sequence and it would. Yeah, I even think about like Midsummer was quite long and they released the extended cut that was more the length of Bo is Afraid. Maybe Mm -hmm. that would have been a a better route to take and release an extended version after. Yeah, which is weird Mm. because I think the extended cut of Midsummer is like way better. It like changes the movie entirely in terms of what the intent is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, different context. You're able to watch it in the. You know, safety of your own home. This was like, yeah, they let Ari Aster do whatever they want, whatever he wanted, basically. This mm-hmm. is full, unadulterated vision on the screen. And, if, you know, if you like that, great. I mean, I did really enjoy the movie, but it is like, it is a lot. And I, I was unclear, like, what I was supposed to really get out of it other than like, oh, it's about this character. He has like mom issues and anxiety, I guess. And like... Yeah, this absurdism. Like, was I even supposed to care about the plot? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's like, it's so fucking out there that it's like kind of hard to care. 
But at the same time, it was interesting. It does change a lot, which is good. Like, it's not the same shit the whole movie. It does yeah. constantly, like, progress and escalate and go different places, which is fun. Like, it was never really boring. For a three-hour movie, I actually thought it was pretty, like, um, entertaining throughout. Like, I actually mm -hmm. didn't mind being there. Um, which I was surprised by, actually. Usually, I'm the one saying, like, movies are too long. This is too long. But I actually thought this was, like fine it's length um because it, it, it was like constantly changing it doesn't matter yeah. how long a movie is as long as it's like it ends it progressive yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah changing constantly yeah it's like yeah this this was it wasn't like the eternals or whatever like it's the same <laughs> fucking shit the whole movie and yeah like visually i thought it looked beautiful that's really what kept me going through it too like it looked amazing i thought really creative cinematography and sets and Lots of like makeup and like effects and like it was very like you see the money that went into it. It looks like a yeah. an expensive movie. I'm just I am fucking shocked they gave him that money to make this. I'm absolutely shocked because this is not like anything that that you really see in theaters right now. Which is maybe that maybe that's why they gave him the money because they're like you know this is something different and it is kind of refreshing. If there's anything to compare it to, it would probably be like. Charlie Kaufman's movies is what I was thinking of. I was thinking of like Synecdoche, New York, and like uh, I'm thinking of ending things because of how like um, absurd those kinds of those kinds of movies are too. But yeah, it was reminding this, me this of was leaning things. more into like comedic. It was more like comedic tone with this one. Yeah, there were like parts very that were funny. Comedy. Yeah, and also like the horror. Like it was like an Ari Aster movie. Like with like a kind of charlie kaufman framing yeah it's yeah. dancing a fine line isn't it because it still has the kind of it has that gruesome of, uh, nature like his previous films do and yeah he has, he has a, a particular way of kind of showing off dead bodies and gore oh yeah like the, the dead body um props were great like whenever yeah, someone yeah. died it just immediately became they became like this horribly deformed like bloated corpse <laughs> it was great <laughs> yeah. i really like that about yeah, yeah exactly. and it goes with the, the absurdist tone like oh that fits the movie just fine mm -hmm. yeah but it I mean, is yeah. like uh you know it's a lot for like a, a mainstream audience member to like take in and but i think people are smart too like i don't just like think people are stupid they just want to see shit like the little mermaid like i do think there's an audience for something like this something a little more absurd it's just uh you know it's a big risk it's a huge risk to take and i don't think it really paid off really because critically it was like yeah it was fine like i think critics liked it um it's got like positive reviews but financially you know didn't really pay off that well and that's why like you know the horror trappings or whatever that that works great for him i think like yeah, having some yeah. kind of genre to kind of tie him down because yeah like he's a very creative guy very ambitious guy but it's like you know like some restraint really would have benefited the movie a bit um and i, I think that really would have helped with this movie and like his horror movies are fantastic because he does show that restraint it's like you know at the end of the day like he has to have certain scenes in there and I, I, you know, I love that about his movies. Like he pulls those off great. Like his horror movies, I, I, I like his horror movies more than this. But yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right in that. Like, uh, it's good that he did something different too to show like he doesn't just have to be like a horror movie director. And that's not yeah. like all that works about him. Yeah, because he does have a lot of range. Yeah, he's very talented. His movies look great. Really great acting in this movie. Yeah, like Joaquin was great. Um, the yeah, everyone was great in it. Basically, it's mostly him. Like the whole movie. Um, and he's, yeah. he carries I think he's it. what yeah. kind of carries it and ties it together for me because yeah. this, this could yeah. be kind of a frustrating character you know like he is like kind of whimpering and mm -hmm. he, like the whole point of his character is that he doesn't really have a backbone and he doesn't really know how to fight for himself and put up for himself so it 
<laughs> that's kind of the main beat that's hammered home again and again and again. So yeah, yeah. without the right performance, like kind of selling that, um, and he really does a good job of selling that yeah. kind of childlike innocence carried into this fully grown man. And yeah, there is a, a deeply sad performance that he brings with that. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Very there is just something underwood yeah. about it. I kept thinking about Under the Silver Lake with this movie. Um, the kind of mm. paranoid main character, um, just that kind of <laughs> dreamlike tone, not really knowing like what's real, what isn't. Yeah. The same could be said with like men or or mother, that kind of tone where it's like yeah, it's like mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Where it is just kind yeah. of slowly unraveling as it goes along. And man, I, I, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. men's like absurd, but I know like it takes place in the real world is that like when there's like tension or tense scenes in that movie i felt tension for the main character whereas this is like it's so out there i mean you can't really you can't take any of it literally <laughs> so it's just like deflates yeah, it kind that of tension depends on the co- location for me because yeah, i was yeah i was kind of taking it literally for that first section in his apartment but yeah as it goes to once he was in the house with the doctor and his wife i was kind of like yeah there is the framing of this seems like it's just too much that's like fitting into place it seems a bit too dreamlike the things they're talking about they're like weird surveillance stuff on the screens and this weird kind of paranoia that's going on this seems like yeah. it's non-literal at a certain point uh-huh. um, yeah that's my biggest obstacle with like movies like this it's like okay so then if it's all like an allegory or whatever then like why should i care about anything and that's like the the best movies like find that balance like like a lot of charlie kaufman's movies or like everything everywhere all at once is like really absurd but there's still like things grounding it like a story yeah. grounding it. This is just like, it's like watching a nightmare. It is like the whole movie is yeah, like exactly, a fucking nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't yeah, know if I people want to watch a nightmare. I think the intent with that kind of dark comedy edge is that you're supposed to be kind of laughing and chuckling and finding mm-hmm. humor to this darkness. And sure, which I, I did. I, 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 mean, I can within a degree, it. but it depends on the section of the movie. For the first third, maybe I was kind of like... Yeah, this is this is kind of an int- interesting tone, like this the severe violence and the sadness and the like the drug abuse and the therapy stuff. It's all like really sad framing, but there's there's finding the humor in all of this that is there is something unique and interesting about that. But yeah, as it goes on and on, the sadness does kind of override yeah. any of that that comedy. I'm not laughing at a certain point. That that's that's a, mm. a huge reason as to why I enjoy the first half more, is I feel like it, it tries to the first half is just so absurd and comical that like it's yeah. just it's yeah. a, an absolute riot. And then over time it kind of like it tries to wrap itself up in a way where sure maybe narratively we we don't get the exact same uh conclusions that we would in like a standard non-absurdist film, but it does try to like it, it insists a level of like self-importance in a way. It insists a level of like uh tone kind of like concluding like oh this is something that's meaningful you know and i'm just like i i missed the comedy i missed the comedy aspects and not saying that that doesn't exist at all in the second half but it definitely takes itself more seriously yeah it leans much more into the horror or like the existentialness sort of, yeah uh-huh. it was interesting how uh, how it wrapped up to me what that last bit yeah yeah no the way it wrapped up i was like yeah i like the last part yeah exactly when when the the mother reveal it like kind of was losing me that she was back and it was like you you really don't want me to engage in this as if it was like a linear narrative like a hereditary like any number of other movies like this so so then what am i getting from this but then it kind of shifts into that whole trial sequence where he's like on the boat and it's kind of being 
stuck in place and there's the whole yeah. imagery with that big stadium and I thought that was like a lovely framing and like a good visual way to wrap up his story but yeah again just where it happens and by the time you get to it it is just like so exhausted and over the top but what you're saying with it being so um kind of exacerbated and almost self-indulgent to a point I almost yes, feel like very self-indulgent. That's, that's the whole point of the project in a way and that's kind yeah. of what I like about it yeah the fact that it is, yeah again it almost depends like what what his ideas for the future are and like how he's going to follow this project up is this just like a showing what he can do type thing and it's like his passion project now let's go back to something a bit more constrained and explore a different area or yeah. i find him yeah i'm continuously finding him interesting yeah he's he's definitely interesting i like that it ended with you know the whole like you're guilty sort of thing kind of wraps it up in a way thematically because like guilt is the first thing that the the psychologist therapist fake whatever wrote down yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's ob- obviously like a recurring theme of like self-guilt and you know why he's such a pushover and just listens to everything that everyone else is doing just so he doesn't have to make any real decisions and they they say that like pretty explicitly in the movie too it's not even just like oh you have to like interpret it like there's i forget there's like yeah, actually yeah. a line where they just say that mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of dialogue feeding into it it's fun and interesting but n- yeah no way it can connect with the average audience member and fuck i just wish yeah. it was shorter <laughs> i would have yeah. seen it twice in theaters if it was like two hours probably but it is asking a lot of it's you. asking a lot <laughs> yeah without an intermission like i'm happy waiting for this to come out in digital to see it again because mm. i am kind of leaning more that direction where like i'm kind of holding off a little bit to re-watch this and kind of see where it lies because i just feel like it's almost what it deserves almost what it's begging for um yeah because of just how, how dense it is how much it is trying to do how much is in there how much like i was just reading some of the trivia and like some of the setups the visual setups that are in the like first act that you wouldn't even know were like setting stuff up in the later ones much like in hereditary and midsummer but yeah there is like a joy to be found through sure. exploring yeah. It again yeah when in a time where we're getting movies like the little mermaid and like Transformers Rise of the Beasts or whatever, Transformers 7. I don't even yeah. know what we're up to. Yeah, this is like, a, you know, very refreshing. And there's an audience for it. But yeah, I feel like they probably could have made it for a bit less money. And and it, you know, maybe had a chance at succeeding. Yeah, I just can't get over the, the resources he was given to like make this. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, it, it barely makes sense. Like the first time you see it. Um it does require like another viewing, yeah, but it is so long as well. I sound kind of harsh on it, but yeah, I'm, I'm more just like shocked by it and the fact that they even made it. Like, like, what did they want to happen? Yeah, what from was this? the strategy? You know, yeah, like, what was the yeah, what was like the desired result? Was it supposed to be like, oh yeah, people are gonna love this? <laughs> it's like this three hour movie. That's really weird. Yeah, I, I just don't see it with this, not at all. Whereas everything, everywhere at once, that was super accessible. This is like, eh. Yeah, what was the last, like, explicitly surrealist movie that was successful even? Like, clearly they should know at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Not this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From May 24, I can't really think. Like, like, a lot of the time they actually get, like, was backlash. Successful? Like, uh, no, people hated so. that movie. Like, that was controversial. It comes at night. That, that was controversial. I mean, people hated it, but was it, like, financially successful? Because Jennifer Lawrence was in it, right? Yeah, uh, but the Hunger Games crowd went to go see it, and they're like, "This is not, this is not Katniss." 
<laughs> the the yeah, weird right. like Bible adaptation. Okay. It wasn't a huge yeah, it didn't like depends how much they spent on marketing. It was a budget of thirty million, they made forty four point five. You know, I think of like Charlie Kaufman stuff, like adaptation and eternal sunshine and like those like those are surreal, but those are like mainstream. But those aren't surrealist those are way more grounded. Those but, are super surreal as well. I, like being John Malkovich is a super surreal movie. I know, but there's something grounding those films. Yeah, they they grounded in like some kind of logic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why he's so good at what he does. But that's why people like it. You yeah, know? he explores the consciousness without making it like entirely inaccessible. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that's like, probably like a good filmmaker I could think of. And you know, his stuff has gotten writer, more yeah. surreal. Yeah, as it goes along, but, it, it, you know, it, it's fine with him because you kind of, it's kind of his style. Like, you know what you're getting into with Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, I, you know, this is just such a weird fucking movie. It's hard to make heads or, tail of, heads or tails of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I love about it. It's, yeah. It's, it is unique in that way. Yeah, it is super unique, yeah. It's not even, like, accessible for, like, the average Ari Aster fan. <laughs> like, if someone's seen his other two movies, they're like, oh, I hope it's, like, hereditary. <laughs> like, nah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. I still really did enjoy it, like I said. I don't regret sitting there for three hours, but yeah, I'm yeah. more shocked by like the the behind the scenes, the business angle of it, which is usually like the most important part of like a lot of these movies. And they just like, I, it's crazy to see a studio just not care. Like, oh, okay, fine. It's just that's how honestly, it just seems like they don't care. They're like, this is art. This is what the guy wants to make. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. We're which making is, enough you know, money. Ballsy attitude. <laughs> now, yeah, we I can appreciate do this. it. Yeah, they made their money with like other <laughs> Thank stuff. You, Ari. But, you know they're charging yeah. I, yeah. I looked on their merch recently a24 because they sometimes they have like kind of cool you know either blu-rays or like they have some uh vinyl lps that are kind of interesting mm. the moonlight soundtrack is 200 dollars, and it looks like a nice like quality <laughs> fucking vinyl but holy wow. should drop that should be like a hundred bucks max holy shit it's like a two <laughs> lp thing mm. It's got like a nice case yeah. and everything, and some like artwork and blah 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 blah. Two hundred fucking dollars, Jesus Christ! Mm. Yeah, Isn't there the uh, the rock with eyes on their store for like fifty dollars or something? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can make that yourself. Go to fucking yeah, yeah Michaels and get googly eyes and find a rock, right? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they were selling after some Blu-ray that had no bonus features or something. Yeah, I what the fuck? On Twitter, it's not even four K. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sold out. They'll probably restock it, but um, yeah, fuck. They sold they sold like a Climax VHS that sold out immediately. It was very low print. I wish I would have had one because that would have yeah. been a cool collector. Yeah, thing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. God damn oh, well. you, A twenty four. When you do? will you ever be quenched, you freaking fricks? What did you think about? Yeah, what what would you rate it, Alex? Yeah, I'm. I think I'm a little bit more positive than you guys are. Um, yeah, as an admitted fan of Ariaster, and it's exactly what I was saying in our last discussion about his movies. Like, I did want to see something a little bit different. I kind of wanted to see what he would do outside of those horror genre trappings, and I feel like that's kind of what I got. Um, it's kind of more thematically interesting than like anything literal that happens in the plot, and I know that's going to put a lot a lot of people off mentioning movies like Men or uh, Under the Silver Lake or these kind of films, but that's really my jam. I feel like there's a lot visually to explore. There's a, a bunch of great characters and performances. I 
really unique tone um, that you're not really going to find anywhere else. I just like encouraging this kind of weird stuff. It definitely doesn't all come together and it is big, bloated, ambitious, self-indulgent. But man, this is like a strong three and a half star, seven out of ten for me. Like um, I'm looking forward to seeing this again, but it will be in the comfort of my own home, that's for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I wish it was reined in more, but I did really like it. I don't want to undersell how much I liked it. It's just I, I'm I'm like I don't get the thought process of A24 giving this guy thirty five <laughs> yeah. million dollars to make this movie. Uh, but I would probably give it the same as you, seven or ten, seven out of ten, maybe even mm-hmm. an eight on a rewatch, just because I was like so into certain parts of it. But really, um, I don't know. There's something about it I just didn't entirely connect with, really, and it it just needed to be reined in a bit more, or not even by like producers, just like Ari Aster needed to rein himself in a bit. <laughs> yeah, is a lot, and like tighten it a little bit. Um, Because there's a lot of good stuff in here. It's like, great. You know, I was pretty much entertained the entire time. It's just, yeah, it's like, you know, like, what is, what's like the ultimate, like, point? Like, what's this movie, like, trying to do? (laughs) And it's just like, I guess it's about his mom and his, like, anxiety with his mom. And and I guess it's like three hours of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like exploring conditional love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I got it, but it's like, okay. <laughs> Didn't need All to be right. three hours. Yeah, so that's Not a lot really. of time to commit to it. I fucking love Under the Silver Lake, and I wish that I was watching that instead for most of the movie. It's, you know, there's so much more satisfying conclusions in that movie. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, like, there's it. setup, and there's payoff, and the payoff is great, and there's more to think about. There's more to, you know pick on after the film's done and it's not three hours it's two hours 20 it doesn't feel bloated <laughs> that's still pretty long <laughs> yeah and it's, it's two hours it, it fucking flies by in my opinion under the silver lake I've, I've seen that movie a bunch of times so yeah but i was afraid good good movie six out of ten but like it, yeah it's weird it's weird to see a movie that on paper i should love because it fall you know it 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 has a lot of the same aspects that my favorite movies of all time have, you know, have a flawed main character, everything goes wrong around them, very surrealist, sort of interpretable, very well shot, talented actors, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, it it feels so much less intentful and cohesive in terms of like making an entertaining narrative, at least for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just... Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's weird seeing a film that I want to watch a second time and I could have seen in theaters a second time and I was just like, no, because, you know, as much as I love it, it was also undeniably an exhausting experience that I just wasn't, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll catch it in another couple of years or something. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree though. It is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would watch it again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Six out of ten Yeah, for me. It's a, good, it's a good movie. I might even raise my rating on a rewatch. Yeah, but it's just like, you know. I'm like, what am I supposed to get out of this? It's mm-hmm. so crazy and absurd. We watched Cocaine Bear a while ago. It was sitting in our back pocket for a while. Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So we're going to fucking talk about it. Because there's like so much other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff. Another th- another thematically deep movie. <laughs> so Cocaine Bear from the director of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, that was a weird Cocaine one. Cocaine Bear. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Cocaine Bear. And this movie sucked too, but not as much as Charlie's Angels. Slightly better. It's mm-hmm. about a bear who eats cocaine. That's the plot. It's, yeah, it's kind of one of those Reddit movies, you know. It's exactly it's like a Reddit the, movie. The, 
<laughs> yeah, where the advertising is the name, all it is is like the the description, you know. Yeah, the, the bear mm. that the gets a what? brick of cocaine. Yeah, that's the that's the the bear did know, cocaine. Yeah, about I, it. I posted <laughs> I posted the poster on Twitter like, what is this movie? And everyone's like, what? Because you know it's like cocaine bear. What? What is that? Like, Some kind of cocaine bear. <laughs> what are we some kind of cocaine bear yeah like suicide squad yeah. but the movie itself is like really fucking dull ultimately somehow um yeah right yeah like the the watching that movie about the guy with anxiety or whatever and mommy issues was like more entertaining that's like three hours long <laughs> it was yeah. more entertaining than watching this somehow and yeah it's because like it's just like nothing in the movie fucking mattered i felt like it was just like a big joke the whole movie it was just like but, yeah oh, but not even in a good way you know nah. like, there is like an angle where it could be kind of exaggerated to a certain yeah. degree or comedic in a way where it's like oh this is like over the top and funny and like kind of leaning into yeah more self-awareness ridiculous this concept is whereas yeah it's kind of stuck awkwardly in the middle where it's like yeah trying mm. to have these kind of characters with a bit of I don't know, dynamic going yeah. on. Yeah, like, it needed to lean more way one or like it needed to either be super absurd and goofy or it needed to actually be a good movie. And yes. it's just neither. <laughs> Here's what would have fixed the fucking movie is not having the cocaine bear be CG and have it be like either a gut, just like the shittiest fucking costume or something <laughs> yeah. cool with like maybe some animatronics, you know, or maybe like a few different costumes that you cheat depending on the angle. And do you know why that would have made it better? Because then they wouldn't have spent the entire movie trying to figure out how not to show the bear. Because that's what they were doing the entire <laughs> fucking time is like, well, every second we show the bear is going to be like another fucking million dollars. <laughs> like when you do it mm. computer animated, you're constantly watching films where it's like they're trying to show it the least amount as possible. And then it, it, I watched a shitty film from I think it was the early 2000s. I did like an Adam and Pals thing on it. It was called Congo. And it had, you know, some <laughs> animatronic gorillas and, like, people in suits and stuff. And some of it looked kind of cool. But the one thing that stuck out to me was, like, wow, they're really just... They're showing it as much as possible. Because you make something practical like that for a movie, you want to show it off. You want to show it the entire movie. And then Cocaine Bear, it's like, no, you, we're trying to hide the bear the entire time. We're going to have most of the movie without the bear. The bear's going to show up, and then it's immediately going to run away and be like, ooh, I'm, like, hiding in a bush or something. Where's the bear? Where's the mm. bear? Or, like, fuck off. You're just trying to save money. And then the movie's too dark, too. It's too dark because of the animation, too. It's Like, like it, it kneecaps the entire fucking film, the fact that it was computer animated, and they don't want to spend more money on it. Yeah, and it's it's not like a Jaws or an Alien situation where it's like the way it's exactly, yeah. kind of leans into the yeah, tension. Yeah, wasn't it one of those big it's effects studios that did it? Like, Weta. I, well, I don't know. Weta. <laughs> I yeah, think it was right? Weta. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Because <laughs> I, th I thought the bear kind of looked bad the whole movie. Yeah. Like, it just didn't look good. It wasn't like good CG. But it's because like the bear, it was so ridiculous. Like the stuff it was doing, it didn't even act like a bear. Like you need to like ground it, you know more but i think it's just the from the problem with the premise you know like what are you actually gonna do you know when you actually sit down to write the script and it's like well i guess the bear finds a brick of cocaine and then is just going on a murderous rampage so it's like okay so mm. what is the gore like really fun and crazy and it doesn't does it keep escalating no, on maybe that maybe once <laughs> or twice really. there's like there's like an ambulance kill where someone gets like ambulance yeah. the scraped really. against the ground that's all i remember really i thought that was gonna be like the end of the movie and then it just kept going it really, like, fucking blew its load early. That lady who had infinite ammunition in her revolver? Yeah. It's just a, it was just fucking dumb, the whole movie. It's like, 
There was that part with um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. They find like the kids in the bathroom there, and he's like looking for the cocaine or whatever. And there's like but a fight he, scene in the bathroom. Yeah, but he like finds the cocaine like after, like afterwards. Like I think he searches their bodies or something, and it doesn't find. I don't remember exactly what happened, but like and Ray Liotta was in there. He was like the drug kingpin yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, Ray Liotta in one of his last roles, and he was yeah, like wasted like in it. The, one of the guys from. Uh, um from the wire is in it he's probably my favorite character mm-hmm. yeah i was happy when he yeah. showed up like yeah but that's it like there was there was very little i actually enjoyed about the movie it was mostly the kind of dull you know, it could have been off. so much better but yeah nobody well, acted like they were on cocaine nobody <laughs> they took fucking they had to remind us verbally that the kids had cocaine earlier you know that joke where they're like oh mom what would you do if oh, i did yeah. cocaine you're just acting like a normal kid none of you are acting like you're on cocaine None of you are acting like you're on cocaine. The bear yeah. might as well not have been on cocaine. It didn't even act like it was on cocaine. It just wanted more cocaine. That was the whole thing. That early scene, like, um, not to pull from your rule book, Adam, but man, the kids kind of like yeah. settled the tone for me. You, you know, when it's like, oh, one book. of the kids has been dragged away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I was kind of like, th- this scene right now, what they choose to do with these kids that are in danger from yeah. the cocaine bear, this is going to like set the tone of what's to come. It's exactly. Like, uh, they're fine. Like it's not one of those kind of movies. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> They're not ever really in danger. That would be too upsetting. No. Yeah. So then it's like, why are you even making this movie? It's an R-rated movie. You don't want to show anything explicit or sad. Uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. What What is even the point of any of this aside from just the obvious yeah. marketing? It's It's just because like Elizabeth Banks, she has like no edge as a filmmaker. Just all of her movies are safe and mm. yeah. boring. It, you know what's fucking so apparent with this film is like the clearly the visual effects supervisor was like doing a lot of the work when it came to how the film was shot like like every time the bear is in the the scene every sequence with the bear i'm like oh there's you know the framing's not bad every time the bear is out of the movie it's like holy shit you can't even shoot like they had one action scene without the bear in the bathroom like, you can't tell what's fucking going on. Yeah, like, quick that's cut, the quick scene cut, I was like, talking about. Way yeah. too close. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Awful, terrible camera work, terrible direction. Like, nothing's coordinated. Yeah, you can barely absolutely. tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. The laziest, mm-hmm. most awful filmmaking imaginable. And then the bear's on screen. And it's like, okay, well, this <laughs> this had to be sh- shot this way to include the bear. Like, yeah, somebody else directed this people part on set. <laughs> yeah, right. Because there are effects people on set. Like, oh, shoot it this way to get the yeah. bear to look a certain yeah. way. Right, exactly. Which is just, like, so much more yeah. embarrassing that you're watching essentially, like, two different movies or two different directors throughout <laughs> one movie and you can tell exactly what's happening you know yeah do you guys remember that um olivia the olivia wilde movie from last year the um what is it the, oh, with don't Harry worry, darling yeah uh, don't that, worry darling uh, yeah yeah i don't know what about like just hollywood actors they like transition into directing for some they reason and they, they just make yeah, they just make like the worst movies. It like mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. It's like, thing you've ever seen, you know, yeah. even like George Clooney or you know whatever. Fucking like, Philip Seymour Hoffman directed a really boring movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Jack yeah. goes boating. Yeah. It was well, like um, Charlie Day. Charlie Day just directed a movie. I like Charlie right. Day, yeah. but apparently it wasn't very. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, you know. I was like <laughs> when I. When I heard about that one, I was like, ooh, maybe I'll, uh, like, you know, wrote, write it on my calendar. And then I watched the trailer. I was like, actually, I don't need to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way on that one. <laughs> no. No, but I just found that the budget for Cocaine Bear is, was the same as Bo's Afraid, 35 Yeah, million. yeah. That's funny. Bo's Afraid looks much better. That yeah. is funny. I mean, much better. this does have a catchy title. 
and contest. Cocaine Bear probably made more money. Yeah. Yeah, eighty-seven million gross yeah. worldwide, according to wow. IMDb. Wow. So I think that's probably like, happy. How with can it. you? How can you make a movie called Cocaine Bear so boring? Like it's just it's so fucking boring. Yeah. Like how you do be you Elizabeth just, like, Banks? <laughs> yeah. How do you make a bad movie just like? Added, like it's like such an easy to make mo- easy movie to make on the surface it's like you just need some good kills you need some dumb jokes that are funny like but it just doesn't deliver on like any of that it's just like a fucking boring movie it just doesn't like i, I said it needs to like be more ridiculous and like be fucking silly and do stupid shit and like make yeah. me laugh or just be a good movie and have like good characters need a better direction and a better script, you know? Yeah. Because, like, like, yeah, it's a silly concept, but if you have, like, good characters going through it, like, characters you care about, it doesn't matter, like, how goofy the premise is. You, you care yeah. about the characters, maybe. Maybe take that route with it. But they don't, just, they don't do anything with it. It's just, The whole movie just, like, struggles to, to the, get to the ending. It's just like they were constantly, mm. like, meandering the whole film. Yeah. It goes nowhere. And, and it's so episodic. And the editing and the pacing is, like, fucking horrible. Like, mm-hmm. like characters just, like... Remember those hiking characters? They're, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And they don't oh, show the up again until, like, an yeah, hour. Yeah. And it's just... Like, characters just, like, disappear for, like, long periods of time. And you're like, what the fuck's going on with them? There's too many characters in the movie, too. It felt like a TV show. It was so, like, episodic. It's the kind of thing where, like, maybe I could imagine, like, a Lord and Miller coming in and taking, like, an awful premise like this and making it into uh-huh. something and they were involved yeah. somehow with like marketing or whatever they were constantly like pimping this movie out on social media but um oh, really? <laughs> they didn't Probably, write yeah. it themselves so uh, it must yeah. have been their production company or something but yeah mm-hmm. not the right team to do this not the right script just just man it's so forgettable it's like the worst yeah. type of movie to me where it's like it just, really is yeah just doing nothing mm-hmm and I, you know, I was kind of looking forward to it, like, oh, it could be funny, but no, it, it's just, it's just fucking boring. It really is just completely fucking boring and reeks of like ego, like a like a vanity project for Elizabeth Banks, just to like yeah, it's got, it's get, one joke, get something out there, you know? Yeah, it's it, the whole movie is one joke. It's the bears on coke, and that's like ninety minutes of that. Like toward the end, I was just like zoned out of the movie, like completely oh, zoned yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, the end there in the waterfall. It's all poorly lit, fucking dark. That was terrible. Mm. The whole thing. It's just so dumb. The whole fucking thing, and and poorly made. That's really the movie's just poorly done. Like every mm. everything about it, and not in a funny way. In a way that's like just incredibly boring. Like it almost would have worked better if it costs like if it was like the room. It costs like like no yeah. money to make or something mm. like was just like terrible green screen that would have even been better that would be like a style you know or, yeah like, like a it's... len kabazinski movie or something like something <laughs> really bad or like a neil breen style but it, it's like a studio movie with this dumb premise and it's like yeah okay like this it's fine i guess but there's there's nothing to stand out about it it's not even the worst movie i've ever seen it's like really no, in the middle it's just middling. It's nothing. which is like the worst thing a movie can be it's just completely like middling yeah Exactly. If I remember correctly, oh, because it's set in the 80s, of course, it has its obligatory, like, synth score as well. Like, it's just... Mm. Oh, yeah, the score was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. Not not an original burn its body or anything to say. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even lean into... Like, I'd forgotten that it was even set in the 80s. It doesn't even really visually... (laughs) It was like like that Wonder Woman 1984 movie where it had, like, no 80s music, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. don't you, like, want to use that? Yeah. Like, Uh commit to this in some way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems it's like so a, lazy. an easy project. Yeah, That's just, what it was. It's just lazy. They just threw the thing together. Like, who cares? The, the normies will watch it because it's called Cocaine Bear. That's honestly how it feels. It feels like such a condescending fucking movie. If it, yeah, it's like it, it, it's like banking on the audience being in on the joke already. Like they yeah. quote like a Wikipedia article, like in the opening or something. <laughs> right, like, if that's funny. <laughs> that, that should funny tell you right you, away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the bar for the humor, and it never yeah. really goes above that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. It's incredibly lame movie, for sure. All right, I guess uh, after this discussion, I'm lowering my rating from a five to a four. I think I might lower to a four. I think I already did. If I didn't already, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to look up what yeah. I wrote it. You know, it's one of those give it some time and do you even remember anything fun? Like, was it even that special? Like, no. Yeah, the ambulance scene was fun. That's about it. I don't remember, like... That's the only scene You're not scene really left with much. And even then, it's just because, like, in contrast to everything else that's happening, it's like, oh, something crazy's happening that seems like it fits the premise. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's like a hint of something interesting in the movie. But yeah, it's not enough. It's just not enough to save the film from being... Like, I don't care about any of the characters because they keep jumping around to, like, all the t- these different characters. There's so many. It's like, like, why do you need, like, 12 characters in this fucking movie? Like, it's, it's Yeah, like and it's Guardians not funny. Like, it's supposed no, to be a comedy. That's supposed to be what carries it. And it's it's just not funny enough. It doesn't have the, the wit or the, the jokes to carry it beyond no, just yeah, no. the initial premise. Yeah. It's so lazy, yeah. Like, Elizabeth Banks, she was trying to do something with the Charlie's Angels movie, and it didn't work out. So now she's like, it's like she doesn't care. It's like, just, like, put this movie out, and, like, who cares? It's just, like, make something dumb. Because why even try? Why even try to She was do really passionate yeah, about the script. She was really, she was like, oh, I just love mm. the, the story of Cocaine Bear. You have to let me make this movie. It's like, um, you know, we're talking about Ari Aster and, like, what he has been, like, He's like trying to prove himself at least like, oh, look what I'm capable of. Like, look what different kinds of movies mm-hmm. I can make as a director. And this is like a step backwards for Elizabeth Banks. It's like, yeah, it's technically a better movie than Charlie's Angels, but it's a much less ambitious film in like a lot of ways. There's less money behind it, less like, it's it, you know, it's just, it's not like a valuable IP or anything. It's just like they treated the whole movie like a joke. Like they yeah, just did well, it not seem, care. It seems like it's Reddit in the sense where it's like you could imagine the original Cocaine Bear Wikipedia article that this is very, 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 very extremely, extremely loosely based on, like being upvoted mm-hmm. a bunch, and then like producers seeing it and being like, "Oh, there, there's potential. You know, there's there's something we can sell." Like people spreading it like a meme. Let's monetize this meme. Let's monetize this thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just vapid. It is vapid. It's incredibly vapid. Yeah, that's a good word for it. And boring. You vap, bro. The worst yeah. nation. <laughs> you, you vap. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly boring, which is the worst thing a movie can be. Not even fucking horrible necessarily. Like, like Charlie's Angels is actually like torture, <laughs> but this yeah, is like yeah. just boring. It's just boring. Proves proves nothing to me about like her directorial style mm. or anything. Boring is a phrase. Yeah, it seemed like a job a job for her. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like you know you're making fucking cocaine bear like do something fun with it like my it's god it's the perfect playground in a way to just do whatever you could creatively think of to you know just explore the silliness you know yeah yeah because like, someone who's like ready to show something off to talented people <laughs> show their voice off to the world <laughs> you know what it's supposed to be for about like expression <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh <laughs> hmm. yeah a big mess for me just like 
I wasn't that surprised. It's not like I was expecting anything from this, but it somehow undercut those already low expectations. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, just two star for me, like four out of ten. Just, yeah, just I was garbage. expecting it to at least be funny at points, and I don't think I yeah. laughed once. I don't think I even chuckled. I I chuckled at like how bad some of the special effects were. Yeah, which is shocking because you know it is like Weta, like. But, like, it's just, it's not the effects or the te- texturing or lighting or anything. It's just the way the bear is animated. It acts, it doesn't act like a real bear. So, you don't believe, like, anything is happening yeah. in the movie. Well, it's like the bear like, in The Revenant is CG, isn't it? Like, for that yeah. taxi. Oh, yeah. And That's you a great scene. that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, because it's, like, grounded. It feels real, you know, like, the way it's interacting with the environment and whatever. And it's, like... Like, especially with a horror comedy, you can really emphasize these parts with the bear and make them scary, which is what they are. I think they were trying to do at points and they completely failed at. But it's like, oh, you can make like a good horror movie about this bear, like trying to kill people. There are good horror movies about bears, like killing people in the woods. There's plenty of those. They just didn't go there. Like, think of like Shaun of the Dead. That has great fucking horror scenes in it and has great comedy. This movie basically has neither. Yeah, I'm with you. Two stars. Yeah, trash. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, we got a movie that Alex recommended. Man, yeah. So, okay, we ready? We ready for this? Uh, I guess so. Okay, so my recommendation was the 2001 epic Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. What a fitting Um, year. To, to release it yeah yeah, yeah. i'm I don't, man I'm, I'm trying to like think of the best angle to approach uh this this movie from um i love this <laughs> like yeah. the final fan it, it's just everything about this project like it's just so bizarre like it, it, everything from every angle no matter how you look at it it's just a crazy crazy thing it's there's something about this intersection of where technology crosses over with film where i feel like a lot of filmmakers or storytellers get like so lost in like the potential or concept of what they can do with this emerging technology that it's like these decisions can be made at such a high level that involve tens of millions of dollars and like the end result can just be such a mess um and yeah this is the story of final fantasy the spirits within um so final fantasy is a brand right already quite quite weird that this was like the the franchise they kind of chose to jump into hollywood i guess this was shortly after the success of final fantasy 7 which kind of took the world by storm and is kind of really well known for its pre-rendered cutscenes, and that was like a big thing as a game company mm-hmm. yeah. um squaresoft at the time were really invested in um and they were leading in that market as far as these hyper detailed pre-rendered like video game cutscenes. Um, so yeah, it was this intersection in the early 2000s where I guess they saw and th- some kind of future in this technology that somehow this was going to reinvigorate film and change everything. Um, almost in like a Polar Express kind of way where it's like just this new emerging technology. And it, it was to the point where it had actors like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, who was quoted yeah. saying mm-hmm. in, re- in relation to this movie, when talking about Final Fantasy and its digital characters, Tom Hanks said, I'm very troubled by it. But it's coming down, man. It's going to happen. And I'm not sure what actors can do about it. So there was <laughs> this whole uh, just focus on the technology, like was really like, I don't know, scaring people and 
so many people have been drawn to this, like uh, uh, James Cameron being quoted again and again, like just in the 90s and the late 80s, like having this idea for Avatar, just waiting for this technology to be pushed forward. And he was supposedly like blown away by the tech in this movie and a bunch of filmmakers were mm, like really? really impressed with the technology behind this. Yeah. Yeah. I was I fucking know. impressed like a, by it, like just anecdotally. I remember that was the was only, yeah, exactly. My, that's the only reason the I watched this as a kid. The hair. Uh, yeah, outside of being a Final Fantasy fan <laughs> and kind of coming from that angle of it, those pre-rendered cutscenes were like a big draw at the time. Like we really hadn't seen anything quite to this level before. Like it really was impressive at the time, which is like really funny to think about now. And I'm sure we'll get into in a bit more yeah, detail when we're actually yeah. talking about the movie. But um, yeah, let me read this. Prior to this film's release, there was speculation that the photorealistic computer-generated actors would revolutionize movie making. There were news reports of plans for the digital actress used for Aki Ross mm. to appear in another movie or possibly be included in a live-action production amongst real actors. The box office failure of this film put those plans on hold. However, a special Oops. sequence created for the special edition version of the DVD, which opens disc two, does in fact show Aki and other Final Fantasy characters interacting with real people. So somewhere down the line, like a bunch of people with a lot of money behind them thought that there was some potential in this and that if this project because of course this is kind of shortly following uh, the, su the success of Toy Story um, which had the blanket of them all being toys so the kind of textures and stuff exactly you could play around with then it no had like good writing good voice cast really oh, good story yeah, yeah, it had yeah. a lot <laughs> a lot of things beyond just the technology that kind of yeah. carried it forward and sold this idea mm -hmm. of the 3D kind of imagery um, yeah <laughs> But yeah, so they Squaresoft founded this company, um, Square Pictures, which cost them forty six million dollars just to found, find, like found and set up. Um, yeah, just because they needed all of these <laughs> Pentium processors. Wow. So that's um, not even yeah. like in the movie. Like that's, that's not before the, the movies even. Yeah, like, it's like yeah, not, even not even the budget. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so wow. that's already tens was, of millions yeah, down the drain. And then four years later, four years of production on this, because um, every second requires so many hours of rendering and throughout mm -hmm. the entire writing process, they were like tweaking the script. They didn't have anything settled. They weren't working on a finished script. It was just being tinkered with the entire time. This, the directors they chose for this, uh, one of them was the man who kind of directed the cutscenes from Final Fantasy VII and VIII. Mm. So you can kind of mm. see some sense if, you know, he was around for the forming of these kind of uh, cutscenes and what was required for those games. But weird choice with uh, jumping over to then, you know, Hollywood narratives and yeah, man, like I, I <laughs> yeah, it's like a real mess. Cause beyond that, the, the, there's obviously the disconnect of it's like a Japan, very ambitious, like a Japanese studio, Japanese writers, Japanese directors writing a script for a movie that's being animated in English um, so of course they needed to find someone to adapt their work into, to localize it into English. So they got yeah. the writers of, uh, I robot and Apollo yeah. 13 Apollo to try 13. and adapt it. Yeah. Al um, Reinhardt, Reinhardt and, and Jeff Vintar. Yeah. Jeff Vintar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> that's all that other way. Like just, just the beginning of the production. Like this is one yeah. of those movies where it's like everything outside of it is interesting. And the second the movie starts, like it's, it's the universe. <laughs> you know? it, this is all in all Sorry. of this work, all of this dedication, <laughs> all of this in service for what, you know, it's like a, 
it, right. we mentioned the, the the Mario movie, like when we talked about this latest Illumination one. You know, the original one, the really bizarre Blade yeah. Runner inspired one. It's almost yeah, like as yeah. as disconnected to its original IP than that is. Like, what do, what comes to yeah. mind when I say Final Fantasy to you guys? Like, what kind of what imagery? Uh, fan- what ideas? Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, fantasy. <laughs> Which this, like the, this movie has none I, of. <laughs> I think of what Chocobo's crystals, uh, the music, the theatrics of it, like airships. I suppose there's an airship or two in this, but that's kind of about it. It's, I think, in order for um for them to placate Columbia Pictures, they kind of had to neuter any anything remotely risky about the the core brand. <laughs> that mm. being the kind of you know androgynous crazy Final Fantasy design that everyone like buys the games to experience and play and that that's completely uh-huh. neutered from whatever this is. Um the spirits within is reference to <laughs> man the, the premise is it's a post apocalyptic New York is the is the main setting, uh-huh. which already is weird because I don't think any of the Final Fantasy games are even set in in reality. It's all like fantasy worlds, you know, like a Middle yeah. Earth, like a yeah. somewhere that doesn't exist. So already that's kind of a weird disconnect. Um, and then outside, the, the kind of main villainous force are yeah the, these spirits within. Um, it's framed as like an alien invasion, and that's what you're kind of told mm. at the start. And all the characters think that there is some kind of alien invasion that's taken over Earth, and they've had to build these like the shield technology to protect from the the alien invasion. But it turns out they're just ghosts. Like the aliens are ghosts. Yeah, they're spirits. Yeah. It, it's like the most convoluted, ridiculous, ridiculously told. Just, <laughs> just, like, man, I, I don't even yeah. know like what they were thinking because like they they get together mm-hmm. like Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah, Ving the cast Rames. is crazy. Keith David. Yeah, and I I guess the DNA was supposed to be because like each Final James Fantasy Woods. game has like the party of characters it's like a big party mm-hmm. and it's them going on some kind of adventure to like solve some world ending calamity um, so I guess that's like the the only thing that kind of really connects this story to, to the brand in my mind because it's more of like a it's a science fiction kind of military aesthetic almost like aliens mm-hmm. thing yeah. like imagine it reminded aliens, me more of really like Halo yeah or like something yeah, exactly. like that yeah, like Marines and like military kind of tech. I mean, I've never played a Final Fantasy game, so I have no idea what's in those games. But yeah, I, I, I saw some video about it and it's like they were trying to market it basically to a more Western audience. So they like removed all of the elements of Final Fantasy, basically, which is like... What which is weird. Then why even like keep the title? Why even fucking just, do it? Yeah, just just make something else. Rebrand just make it. A, make an original IP. Because, yeah. you know, they're, like, trying to market to, like, Western people who don't really watch this kind of stuff anyway. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what you put in it. They're not going to go see Final Fantasy. Like, the people who are going to see Final Fantasy are the fans of it. So, Weeds. you should make the movie for them. So, and you should exactly, include yeah. this stuff. It betrays yeah. its own identity. Because yeah. it's like, even if you liked this mm-hmm. movie and then go to play one of the games, it's, like, it's so different. <laughs> yeah, Everything sure. About it is so di- you're not even going to get the same itches scratched, even if you did like it. So, it's just yeah. just Man. every angle, like, just doesn't yeah. make sense. No. They were clearly. Can I just say I didn't? Yeah, let me just say I did not like the animation. I think it's Mm -hmm. aged poorly, and I just did not like watching the movie. I thought it's aged very. Maybe for the time it looked fine, but watching it today, it just looked like a PS3 cutscene the whole time. (laughs) It it did (laughs) not do shit for me. I just wasn't impressed by it at all, especially the humans. I mean, like 
I th- I think in the context of of the year that it's made, it's fucking incredible. I think I think that like, it had the it has the Robert Zemeckis problem of like all the people look like you know plastic people. I th- yeah, and there's no emotion. I think it looks way better than a Robert Zemeckis film that had way looks more uncanny the valley. Whereas this looks a bit more consistent with its own style. You know the Robert Zemeckis shit, like the yeah. eye is in that. Like, oh, they always look so weird. And they the fact that scary, it was like all but- like. I think Robert Zemeckis mocapped everything too, right? (laughs) What, himself? Yeah, maybe. But like, um, just like the voice acting too really distracted me. Like Steve Buscemi was super distracted. That was insanely distracting. (laughs) Steve was not, he should not have been the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of the actor, other actors were doing okay. But then, yeah, like him was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Steve Buscemi. And like Alec Baldwin too. I'm like, oh, that's Alec Baldwin. Like it's just so like it's so distracting the whole movie. For the time period that were there was literally nothing else that looked like this, which is why anybody saw it. It's like, oh, the hair physics, like it moves. Uh-huh. Like you, how do you make the hair do that? Like, cause everything yeah. else before that was yeah. like yeah. really blocky toy story shit, you know, like how the humans uh-huh. look like dolls too. Yeah. You know? But that's the whole movie, though. It has nothing else going on other than yeah, I'm the animation. Because, like, the yeah, story sucks. The dialogue <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Like, Toy Story is actually, like, a good film. Like, it has good story and yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, like... And some of the worst dialogue... I wrote some of the dialogue down because I thought it was oh, so man. funny. I said one earlier. <laughs> Spirits? I thought we weren't supposed to use the S word. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, um, remember what happened to Galileo? They threw him in jail yeah. because he said the world was not the center of the universe. That could happen to us. Oh. Like, literally fucking kill me. Like, so bad. There was one line that was really funny to me. So fucking Everything bad. has a spirit. Dogs, cats, trees, little girls. Like... Humans was last on the list. <laughs> like, whoa, like you, you put trees before humans. Like, everything has a spirit, even girls. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they were trying to do this whole Gaia thing where it's Gaia. like the, the spirits of Gaia and it's all spreading through everything. We're all connected. It's like a, it's just the wrong concept to be shoving into this, you know, because I guess they were trying to. It didn't need to exist. At they were all. trying to shift it so the alien invasion was actually not what it seems, and they're way more innocent and uh, yeah, humans it's, are the it's bad less guys nefa- or nefarious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. The, the, are, the writing are, are is just reacting. like terrible. I did not give a shit about it's anything like that awful. was happening. <laughs> I, I had no idea what was happening. Honestly, exactly. It was just like a bunch of science fiction concepts thrown at me and a bunch of exposition. Yeah, horrible, yeah. horrible exposition. The way they yeah. like explain the rules of this universe is like some of the most clunky. Yeah, well, it, it does just remind me of like how video games were written in like the, the early two thousands. Yeah, right. It was just like yeah, just man, we don't we don't have expertise in like dialogue right now, but man, we're just gonna drop a bunch of concepts and just keep it moving. We, we mm-hmm. got the barrier cities, we got phantom surgery. Like the main character kind of has this almost infected dynamic going on where like a spirit's like infected her and it's giving her these these visions where she's like hallucinating <laughs> these like dream sequences yeah, but right. they're, they're not really dreams they're kind of like a valerian message that has been like sent to her and that's like how a lot of the exposition is carried yeah, forward right. and, and there's this james woods it's, like, it's, villain yeah, character yeah. who's like really crazy uh yeah right it's like why don't you find like one concept to focus on or like rein this in a bit guys because this is like i have i literally had no idea what was happening the whole movie it's yeah, just like the whole, this is not, i watched this movie yeah. like multiple times when i was a kid too and i was like 
really apparently really, really yeah. into it or something because oh, yeah. when I was watching it this time, well, I remember vividly the first time I watched it. I remember where that was. I must have watched it multiple times because when I was watching it this this most recent time for the podcast, every single scene was like familiar, but it was just like barely unearthed in terms of like, yeah, if you asked me before I, I started watching like a week ago or whatever. I would I would not be able to tell you fucking anything about the movie, but as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I remember this part. I remember this part. I remember this part. I remember I was freaked out at like the the whole like you know Rayquaza stealing people's blue souls and shit, yeah. and like uh, <laughs> you know like that that imagery of like oh you know they touch you and then oh it steals your soul or whatever. I was like oh it's so scary. So mm, I, yeah, I had a yeah. fun time revisiting it just for nostalgic purposes, even though it's not like a good movie or anything. And I still don't know what the fuck the plot's about, really. <laughs> I still don't know anything about it. I can see for the happened. time. Yeah, I can definitely see for the time why people were impressed by the animation and they watched it just for that. Because there were movies I like watched like that as a kid, too. Like, that's probably why I like the first Transformers as a kid. Like, I like the effects or whatever. But yeah. there's just like, there is nothing going on in this movie. There's no characters to care about. Like, the dialogue is just awful. It's it's like the movie was like insufferable for me. <laughs> I like, yeah. I couldn't watch it. I was just yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, this I was kind of curious. This is like what my this is like my like... this is like my death to Smoochie. Oh really? This is like unwatchable. Yeah. Mm, wow. And, you know, I, I just I can't stand anime either. But this is Not technically even, anime, right? Cause I don't know. Who cares? It's <laughs> Japanese animation. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, it's it's CG anime. Which I, I've seen like Resident Evil Vendetta or whatever, which was also horrible. You know, oh, this is probably better than that. It was probably better than that, but you know, it's just not saying much. And did you say like the the budget on this? Um, outside of that initial forty five million just to set up the studio, we're looking at about one hundred thirty seven million dollars um, in two thousand and one. Yeah. So th- mm. that that is obscene. That is crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> especially for like how it came together because yeah all it boils down to is the, the one fact that yeah this is the first computer genera- generated animated motion picture with photorealistic characters it kind of begins and ends there like it does nothing outside of that and it seems mm-hmm. like they're so laser focused on that one thing and just achieving that one thing it's like the story is like secondhand the characters is like yeah, <laughs> nothing actually right. to do with the movie is actually mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. it's all about the tech and that's all they seem to care about and they seem to yeah. think that they had something with this like there's this on, on the wikipedia page for this movie yeah but on the, on the wiki page there's this crazy section dedicated to the reception of Aki Ross, which is like the main character slash yeah. <laughs> digital actor thing they were pushing. Oh, the, yeah. The, there's a cover that, yeah. of Maxim where mm-hmm. they have like <sighs> this Aki Ross character in underwear and they're kind yeah. of pushing it as if to say She's like, hot. here we go. This is like the future. You like, get ready to her. see her in every movie. <laughs> this is right. the, the, the new Tom Cruise, but it's a, it's a, it's a digital right. Rafu. You know, uh-huh. that's clearly what they were yeah. envisioning. They were um, trying to make the digital waifu like, yeah, mainstream. But yeah, it's just totally misreading the audience. That's for very this funny. Kind of thing. Well, Roger Ebert was like fucking into it. He gave it three and a half stars, and he yeah, called I'm his, sure he was the last by the line of his uh, review. It exists in a category of its own. The first citizen of the new world of cyber film is what he said. <laughs> cyber. Film. That's that's funny. <laughs> it is very funny. Cyber film. That is yeah, funny. yeah. 
Yeah, you didn't always bat, you know, a thousand. Especially when it came to like new technology, he always had like really weird opinions. <laughs> Video games aren't art. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with this technology, it's just it's aged poorly. In a weird way, though, he's almost been proven right. Like there is. There is a lot of truth to like what this pushed, like this technology, mm-hmm. this motion capture work um, by the guy Remington Scott it was, that he pioneered for this film led directly to Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Like it's the same tale. Oh, so. okay. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's always like a little spark in there where it's like this technology can be used to do something to service some kind of story. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so rare for like if that yeah. is the impetus of the entire project for it to it's just not a good come movie. together. It's just not a compelling story. Like, and even the animation, it, it's just aged really poorly. Like, it looks like a animated movie from 20 years ago when, like, I just watched the original Little Mermaid and that's like 2D animation and that still looks great. Like, it, it, it's just, you know, it's... It's just like the animation you use, you know, it, it, like think about like how it ages and like they weren't thinking about that with this movie. They just like it'll look good for the time. But five years after it came out, you had Gollum and you had, you know, all kinds of other shit that probably yeah. looked better. And I feel like, just I feel like you could forgive more if there was a more interesting art direction, if there was an engaging story, if there yeah, were characters even you that, cared though. about. But mm-hmm. yeah, the whole aesthetic is is so wrong. Like I saw a weird little reference from the the art director for um the mass effect games cited this movie as one of the biggest inspirations and you can <laughs> you can really see it uh especially with the like the uh army soldier outfit sci-fi mask with the two eyes so that's directly in the mass effect games like that armor and everything um but it's like if something has got, gotten lost um if that's like <laughs> If a Final Fantasy movie was able to inspire this like hard sci-fi Star Trek esque video game, like something has gotten lost there. Like it just doesn't make sense with the brand. Everything about this just, just really doesn't make sense. Like nothing about this. Like it's it's funny, Ralph. You've you've never played a Final Fantasy game, and you probably know less about the franchise after watching this movie <laughs> than yeah. someone who actually it, like knows yeah. it. Like it's yeah a baffling, baffling product. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't even wasn't even successful financially. I don't think. I think the studio lost a lot of money on it, and it almost like, what they almost went under or something. Where I think they got bought. They or almost like went to Australia. Merged with like another studio. <laughs> yeah, but like after, but yeah, like they needed to be like bailed out basically because like they spent so much money on this project that it's just like, man, like the the risk versus the reward was it just wasn't worth it for this. And is this the only movie they fucking made? There were like, like kind of direct to DVD Final Fantasy projects. Uh, okay. Like, um, there was one popular one called Advent Children. That one was mm-hmm. better. That had more of it was like much a better than video this. gamey feel, and it was more true to like what it should have been. I feel it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it felt like a Final Fantasy thing, you know, at least. It was it, more it, someone who's a fan would actually be like, oh, that's that thing actually from the thing I don't, i'm sure it holds up like terribly it's like a 2005 <laughs> yeah. um movie and the, yeah they've like dabbled in other things i remember when final fantasy 15 came out there was like a tie-in movie that was like the majority of the setup of the story with like aaron paul in it it was it was really bad um <laughs> I, I personally don't think this franchise really is very ripe um for cinema and a, no. a lot of the stories that like are only good because of the framing as video games like i got a, a big soft spot for like final fantasy 12 that's my one but man like there's not a lot of things about it i'd want to see in like a feature film i feel like they are where 
what's good about them is because of the medium they're in and <laughs> it's mm. kind of where they belong a lot of these things just yeah. need to stay where they are you know like it just man it just does not make sense and even if you are going to adapt it like why would you abandon it? there's not even a chocobo you know it'd be like making a mario <laughs> movie without bowser in it without i don't know i don't know what Gumbling. that is <laughs> um yeah it's yeah it is like baffling I could get over Steve Buscemi in it. Every time he talked, I was like, oh, it's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> like, oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> it is incredibly distracting. It's, it's I mean, so I butting heads with like, the dialogue, everything else man. going on. The dialogue especially. It's like, it is the, there's a, there's a, the, In the intro, there's some narration. I wrote it down because yeah. I was like laughing out loud at how, like, just on the nose. <laughs> yeah, the main character says, I believe my dreams hold the key. The question is, will it be in time to save the Earth? Like, she says that. Like, she says that out loud. It's, like, so corny. It thinks it's, like, important or, like... Man, yeah, they were just... Compl- it's really funny to watch, like, 20 years later. Because it is just riding off the visuals so hard. It's, like, it almost knows it. It's, like, dangling yeah. that, that shiny thing in front of you, trying to distract you. But it's, like, well, it's not really that shiny anymore. It's kind of, like, really dull. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it is an ugly film. It is... Man, I don't think there's, like, a single good scene. Um... <laughs> you know, where, like, is even utilizing this technology particularly well. Um, like, I'm thinking about, like, all those dream sequences and, like, the the design of the, like, enemy alien spirit characters. Like, it's so visually muddy and difficult to kind of comprehend, like, what's going on with the action. And when you do get action and it's, like, these these marines, these sci-fi marines with these big guns, like, shooting at these see-through blobs. Like, it's, like, the, the conceptually the least engaging, like, ideas that they're playing with. And, yeah, it, it's it's just a an utter, utter failure. And I, I just find that this <laughs> era of films, this, this early kind of 2000s era where you got your Mars Need Moms, your Final Fantasies, and these mm-hmm. weird, like, the Zemeckis projects, like, I find this, like, fascinating with... It, this obsession with the technology to be just such like a warning, you know, such a big, a big, uh, space that just, you need to think about it. You need to avoid it. Just going back to that, it's that George, that infamous George Lucas quote, you know, where like if <laughs> the technology is supposed to be in service of a story and when there mm-hmm. is nothing, if it's just right. technology, like it is just this empty thing, the super unengaging thing. It's, it's just an utter right. mess of a film. Um, yeah, but the, the story I, I love comes this kind first. of thing. It's yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was re- it was very funny, um, like revisiting this because, like Adam, I did watch this a couple times as a kid, um, and I had like a few memories. Like one of, one of the only scenes I actually really cemented in my brain for some reason was the Steve Buscemi death scene, where like he's taken out. And it's supposed to be this like moment, but I remember yep. just like even as a kid watching it being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like feeling nothing. Like yeah, it's like, just. <laughs> That's funny. No emotion. Oh no, guys, help! <laughs> Steve Buscemi's <laughs> voice <laughs> so distracting. I was like, I, I don't know, like the. I think that the imagery was enough for me of like the oh, it touches you and then like it was like kind of scary, yeah. but like I just I still had no idea what the fuck was going on. I didn't know what was at stake, mm-hmm. but I did I mm-hmm. did enjoy it when I was a kid for sure, like enough to like what revisit it, sort of thing. Not for any good reason. <laughs> I think I was just kind of like enthralled by the visuals, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, the biggest sin for me for this movie, and sin isn't that a Final Fantasy character? Sin. Uh, Sid. I, yeah, it's Sid. It's oh. a Toy Story. I think there's the sin game. too. The- sin. I just looked that up. 
Sin is the main antagonist in Final Fantasy X. Oh, interesting. Okay. But okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the biggest sin of this movie for me was that it was just kind of boring. Or not just kind of boring. It was just boring. And so I just wasn't interested in anything, you know. Yes, yeah, so that's funny. George Lucas said that of all people. But yeah, you need a good story <laughs> first. And then the effects come later. Or you need to like stylize the animation a bit. Like everything, they were trying to go for like, almost photorealistic that was definitely um, that was definitely what yeah. they were pushing for this whole mm. era like and it's what they were riding on i think the failure of this film was was so bad as well that it actually like delayed the the famous merger with um mm. squaresoft and yeah Enix, that's that's um, right yeah that's what i was thinking so, of yeah yeah it delayed the merger because yeah they didn't want to be a part of it <laughs> like after yeah, yeah after like the, the loss that they had on this movie just like the financial loss of it yeah, just like a big miscalculation, like trying to like appeal to like Western audiences. And like, I think the technology was a good hook, but that's like mm-hmm. all they had. And, you know, it's like a, it's a waste of potential, really, because they could have done something with like a good story. That's, yeah, I think it really that's exactly what off. I was thinking. It could mm-hmm. have also kind of opened the doors to maybe, you know, slightly more adult themed like animation. Mm-hmm. Like if this was mm-hmm. actually like a good movie and was a success, just like Toy Story opened that kind of door, like this could have opened another one. Um, but yeah, yeah. Kind of did the inverse. Like it was already a video game movie. So it had that stigma and it was also working in this just unproven field and kind of showed exactly all this, all the ways it could fail and it, it failed in all of them. Yeah. And it was foreign to like, just not connecting with the American audience or like they were trying to with like the mechs and whatever, mm. like that kind of shit. But it's like, they, they were abandoning the fan base that like actually liked that kind of stuff. And that's what they should have been marketing to. Cause those are the people who are going to see it. People were like, you know, Joe Schmo goes to watch, plays call of duty or whatever. Like they're not going to see a final fantasy movie. So there's no point trying to get them to try mm. to go see it. There's just no point. They're not going to see it. Yeah. And said so they yeah. they marketed for them, diluting their brand and appealing to right. no one. Yeah, exactly. Such a waste, and and yeah, like just wrong decisions all around. Yeah, I just yeah, I just love thinking about like what, like where the buck stops with like projects of this magnitude, like coming together in this kind of fashion. You know, like it, it it's it's mm-hmm. it's so much money you can't even like comprehend it. You know, and that that mm-hmm. like. <laughs> What was it? Is it like the directors? Is it the company? Like, how did they not stop this? <laughs> was it just like a sunken cost fallacy thing where it's like, man, we've spent like three plus years on this. We've, you need, we've already dumped so much into the tech. It's weird. Like, we just like, have yeah. to show something. You have a lot of films that do like test screenings and shit. Like, what they really need to mm-hmm. workshop is the script. You know? They yeah. really need to yeah. like find yeah. a way to to make sure that they're working with a good skeleton before they spend the hundreds of millions of dollars on that skeleton <laughs> that they can't really yeah, go back on. Seems crazy. You yeah. know? Well, their attempt was like to get those writers involved who like, you know, write, wrote iRobot and whatever, like real science fiction writers. That was like their attempt to do that, but it just didn't work. Like the pieces didn't come together really. Like, I don't know. It's just none of it worked. It, it's kind of just like a bad idea from the get-go. Horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like once they realized the story wasn't working, they pushed for the effects more so and like just focused I don't know on if they that. they realized the but story like, wasn't working. <laughs> I think they probably thought well, the story that, was fine, but just fucking 
Well, I mean, with them tweaking it, it does feel it does feel like something that has been just kind of like Frankenstein together, you know, over the four Mm. years of like, yeah, we've got this bit of tech working here, we've got this effect working, Mm -hmm. let's put it in this scene, blah blah blah. And by the time it's all actually come together at the end, the end of those four years, it's just like this incomprehensible mess. Like it, there may be some fun ideas that you could explore here, but the way they're established and explored, man, it's it's so convoluted and like unfun to listen to these characters talk about these concepts and it's like yeah they've got all this wacky tech and sci-fi things going on but it's like the least interesting way mm-hmm. of presenting it it's it's actually crazy how bad and just needlessly complicated like just keep it simple like this why have True. you made this bed for yourselves mm-hmm. it's so complicated and so ridiculously mm-hmm. like scatterbrain and it's i guess they were trying to have this like these lead two characters be kind of like the emotional heart of it with the Alec Baldwin uh relationship the guy who I was so distracted just on the Alec Baldwin character alone because they like they modeled his face to look so much like Ben Affleck it was like really yeah. confusing me hearing <laughs> <laughs> hearing Alec Baldwin's voice coming out of Ben Affleck's face um Alec Baldwin yeah just <laughs> Yeah, oh like just God. hearing the boss ba- baby talking up against the Jesus book of Boba lady, like it's that's, just a lot. Um, <laughs> that's what you associate his voice with now. That's great. <laughs> yes, oh yes, it, I'm afraid it is. Um, I feel for you. It's very sad. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd rather watch the boss baby over this, probably. You know. Wow. <laughs> I would too. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen Boss Baby. I would rather watch like any other animated movie. I saw it over someone's shoulder on a plane with no audio. <laughs> I, bet you were, I bet you were giggling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah, Every time, time I go on that. a plane, it reminds me of what the average movie goer is watching. If every time oh, I yeah. go on a plane, I see like all these shit, I'm like, no fucking wonder the box office is the way it yeah. is. Sometimes yeah, it's I, all just Jungle yeah. Cruise and shit. Do you, okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, just going to exactly. give the rating. Three out of ten. Uh, do you ever get, like, you're on a plane and you see someone, like, s- hopelessly scrolling through through the movies list and you're, you mm. can tell, like, they're just, like, trying to see what's there. They don't know what they want to watch. They have no idea what the fuck they want to watch. Do you ever get that urge to, like, approach them and just be, be like, hey, no. I can help you find, find a movie that you like if you tell me what other movies no. you like. I, I feel that way and I have to hold myself back from doing it because I know it would probably like, just be w- way too autistic. But, but, but like, I feel I feel no, that I have to like fight. There, there's an intrusive thought there where I'm like, I want to help you. Just tell me what other movies you like. I can give you a good recommendation. But what if, like, the, what if they turned around and were like, "Oh yeah, my favorite film is Jungle Cruise." Then I give him fucking another say? rock movie. My another favorite rock in the jungle. My movie. favorite movie is the yeah. new Lion King movie, the new one. Then I would give them <laughs> yeah. fucking Aladdin twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, the the stuff like normal people watch, like you would be like shocked at like their taste, like the shit, like that they watch and like put up with. Like young Sheldon or whatever. <laughs> I'm a pretty firm believer that like there are great movies that are accessible to everybody too. I feel like the yes. average person yeah. who watches like Eternal Sunshine, even though that's like way out there in terms of like narrative and you know absurdist kind of ideas presented in a movie. I think I feel like the, that's a really accessible, good, smart movie. 
I feel mm-hmm. like the average person still likes that movie. Anyway, say your ratings. We're yeah, good. I was. I meant more like you know, like Toy Story, like the Pixar movies. Like that's a good example. Toy Story, Ratatouille. Like most people like those movies. Yeah, Ratatouille. Yes. Toying. Yeah, that one. Yeah. All right, what do you rate the final? Yeah, like yeah what's your rating um, right for this? I'm curious. I have one star. Fuck this shit. Mm, <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. One star. Yeah. I can't, yeah. in good faith, give it anything higher because it it really doesn't succeed by any metric wow. like it wasn't even a success you know but if the technology yeah, was a success that, that has an age like sure, it has yeah. an age well it ushered in yeah, lord of the rings but that's where it was used well you know like not here i can't give this <laughs> yeah. one the credit for it because it, it didn't use it well yeah i give them credit for the effects but it doesn't save the movie the movie's terrible it's it's my death to smoochie literally wow. unwatchable it's a, yeah, for yeah. how short it is as well, it does feel a lot, a lot longer. It's mm-hmm. only an hour forty six. I think that dragged it down too, because Final Fantasy seems very complicated, and like there's just like doesn't there like twenty five of those games or whatever, and they like have to condense the story in like ninety <laughs> minutes. Well, that's, that's what's yeah. weird because like they're all none of them are linked really. Like they're all just uh-huh. kind of their own universe, and yeah. each one is like a different setting, different story, different bunch of characters. So just mm-hmm. yeah, just crazy. Like you'd have this because I think it was probably the peak of the the series as far as like brand recognition mm-hmm. and popularity it was probably around the early two thousands, like just post seven, and as they were going into mm. the bigger three D games. Um, so there probably was a chance where they could have maybe broken that video game curse, but not with like the <laughs> the angle they chose to approach. I feel like there was there would have been some extremely entertaining fly on the wall conversations with the behind mm. the scenes of like this and that's that's really where my mind goes when i think about projects like this like I, yeah just everything outside it is so much more interesting than the actual product itself and i just love trying to figure out like how did this go so so wrong it's interesting to throw money at something and just have like no story like you go you what's the story disappear. like i don't know <laughs> yeah you're like i don't know magic like how do you yeah. not like, is it that hard Gaia. to just come up with a story? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're telling me out of all of your history with this franchise, you couldn't have, like, combined a bunch of the imagery and characters and stories that you already have yeah. and just, like, reframe it in kind of a slightly broader, big movie. It's like an hour and a half long. It's, it's like, so man, easy to write Why is that so story? complicated? It's so easy. You just need well, beginning, middle, and end. It's the easiest thing in the world. And, like, this movie couldn't do it. I don't think it has, yeah, I don't think it has any, any of those. It's just, yeah, it's just one meandering act that, like, never really goes outside of certain bounds. Man. You need cocaine, you yeah. need a bear, done. Yeah. Yeah, put that in this movie and maybe... You maybe need bow, be... you need fear. You need children with plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's fun thanks for that <laughs> thank you it's definitely different it. yeah, definitely welcome. different mm-hmm. glad thank we you thought it was hype I, yeah, yeah i enjoyed it the most out of anybody i guess but it's, i was also like i yeah. you know i did it on a watch along <laughs> thing and i was kind of like you know i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't like quietly glued to the film i was kind <laughs> of like just talking about my experience with the film and being like oh i remember this part you know, like you know, yeah, like, yeah. under those conditions, I, I, you know, it was a better circumstances to watch this film. Yeah. I, I had to look up like on the Reddit to like, f- I, cause I forgot the title of it. So I had to look on the Reddit to like find the poster or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. So, like, what is it called? Final fantasy in the city of a thousand planets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Valerian well and the be. spirits within. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like maybe next time I'm on a plane, if I, if I experience that again, 
and they're sitting next to me, then maybe I'll like approach them and I'll tell you how it goes. Because now I've okay. opened the I've opened the box. Now I have you, to. Now I feel like yeah. I need to know how it ends. I need to like choose mm. that story option. You can tell them like you're a film critic. Yeah, I would say I'm a movie guy. I can help you figure out what movies you like. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd be like, "Don't touch me." Yeah, you could say, uh, "What you like Toy Story, right? Go, go for the spirits of Final Fantasy. That that will scratch the itch for you." Oh God! I just well, I always, I there's, there's some good shit on airplanes, slot, man. There's not, there's you not. You should only tell them to watch that. like, yeah, oh yeah, they they have stuff in theaters that's like yeah. still out. Yeah, you should you should tell them to watch Bo is Afraid. Mm. That's even on there <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> this guy's screaming. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll tell him to watch uh, United ninety three on an airplane. Yeah, we'll, oh, Christ. Yeah, watch uh, Snakes on a Plane or yeah, some fucking movie about plane crashes or something. Yeah, I'll tell him to watch The Boss Baby. <laughs> no, it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see how long they watch it for before they're like, will they will they feel bad if they stop it halfway through? If I pretend like I'm so excited about the movie and I'm like, oh no, you got it's the best. <laughs> Will they pretend to like it out of social pressure? I don't know. They might just love it and then ask for the sequel, which you could happily deliver because, man, there's, there's a sequel, there's a whole TV show. I'm going to blow your mind. There's there. more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to believe this shit, man. This person that's never heard of the bus. I've got a new content wow. for you. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I think uh, the average person is only aware of films that have been like explicitly advertised out the ass to them. Yeah, 100%. You know? yeah. There's a lot of accessible films that more people would love if they just knew about them, but they just don't know how to find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even hear about it. Like, how are they yeah. supposed to know what even exists? Like, exactly. most people just see billboards or, like, commercials or shit. Or they, like, you know... Like, Especially that's, like, what Disney is. Like, Disney's whole fucking thing is, like, you go to their park, they market the shit out of all their movies, and then you watch their movies, and you watch their TV shows, and in those, they market the same shit to you to go to the parks again. Like, that's, like, their whole fuck. It's, like, yeah. a cycle of, like, advertising. Endless. It's kind of brilliant. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of fucking genius, but yeah, also, yeah. Disney is a, a well-oiled like machine, is what they are. Yeah, they are. That's, like, like so many people go see Little Mermaid. It's, like, because literally millions of people go to Disney... And they see, like, you know, Ariel's fucking poster or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that nobody saw it. And then it makes them want to... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> go with no the bread, baby. Yeah. All right. Do we want to do questions? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. uh, no. Let's just skip questions this week. No. Actually, yeah, <laughs> kidding. We're yeah, fuck <laughs> these guys. Fuck, all right. Fuck, Bye, fuck everybody. the comments. <laughs> uh, cut it short this week. Thank God. Dweebs. All right. No, I'm kidding. Get pranked. Yeah. Before we jump into the comments, there is one thing I wanted to mention. Not yes. to do with Final Fantasy yeah. or anything, but more just on the the video game onslaught that's like on the future. Have you guys seen this like this Gran Turismo movie? It's like the next one. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp. Um, yeah. But it's I only bring it up because Neil Blomkamp like directed. Mm-hmm. I know. Quite, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite weird. Like, but I guess, he's, yeah, the, he's made one good movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean what else is he yeah. doing really did you know that like to yeah, spell right. his name there's actually like two l's and neils in the neil it's because the other l is for his films got him i've been Ooh. saying that one a lot oh neil l blumkin he has yeah he has ridden <laughs> off district nine for sure blumkin. um it's just like yeah well there's that there's the ghost of tsushima movie that's coming man just mm, right we're entering the gamer yeah. era of filmmaking 
<laughs> yeah, it's where yeah the people making films are old enough to be like gamers, like everyone else. Yeah. So we're just going to see more and more of it. We'll figure it out eventually. I was thinking you've seen video game movies pop up like a little bit over the past two decades or so. Not like a lot, but they've been there. They haven't done well, but they've been they've definitely been trying. The studios have been trying yeah. to like make it work, they to cash and now it's like IP. finally taken off. We're back to and I'm like trying spammed. to think of the next one. Like, what's the next thing they're going to try to milk or whatever that they're, like, attempting to do now? And I was thinking maybe it's, like, live-action anime adaptations, because I've seen uh, quite a few <laughs> of those now. successful enough, though. You know? Nef- Netflix is trying. <laughs> they're not doing it very yeah. well. They're definitely trying to do that. I, and, like, those are awful, for sure. But I feel like if they keep trying, eventually one might work, and people will, like... Not that I'll like it. I probably won't. But there will be people that like it, and that'll be the next fucking thing. That's well, I like think my this, prediction. Um, this Jason Momoa Minecraft movie is probably just going to be disgustingly what? huge. Um, Jason Momoa Minecraft? This is the first I'm hearing of that. That <laughs> yeah. sounds hilarious. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Um, 2025, that's looking at. Um, and, you know, I had some faith in Jason Momoa. Like, I actually like him as an actor. I think he's a good actor. He's uh, the best part of that new Fast and Furious movie. He's probably the best actor. Oh, really? In, yeah, like, yeah. Performance. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like, I don't know. <laughs> I felt like he could have done something better than that. It's That's his free guy, I guess. He'll just make money. <laughs> free guy. Yeah. Free guy too. Free maybe that'll be the next big game movie. Yeah. 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 Well, free guy is like a the video game movie in a way. It wasn't, you know, based on anything, but yeah, it had, had, a, gun, had, had, Fortnite, had references. Yeah, it had for a sure. Fortnite reference. Yeah. Dude, when he had the Whatever. lightsaber out and it played the Star Wars music. Dude, oh, yeah. Chris the Evans Avengers? showed up. Oh my god, I came. Yeah. My my favorite video game, The, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. I just like yeah. seeing myself represented I, in films, and I I felt like he was really me. Mm. Oh, I I really saw yeah, myself self insert guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, really similar to my fanfic uh, self insert character. You know, yeah, yeah. He's got the portal gun. He's got the gravity gun. He's got abilities. He dude, when he liked when the Thor hammer came out and they played the Avengers music, I was like, dude, that was the Avengers music that they just played. Yeah, I got, they played yeah, the I Star got Wars music. Down my spine. I yeah, came I like love second time. <laughs> Very quickly in succession. Speaking of succession. <laughs> yeah, yes, amazing segue. Um, let's, yeah. let's talk some questions then from the Sardonicast community. Uh, head over to the suggestion thread where you can ask us anything you feel like, just like Saul Thomas Anderson did. Thoughts on succession? He says, um, as of us recording, it finished today. So Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I watched last night. I've seen some stupidity on Twitter of people who hate the ending. Is there even like vision br- gr- yeah, uh, like I saw a cast photo that someone posted, like, "Hey everyone, thanks for watching the show." This is like the whole cast together, like taking, f- and then the comments under it were like, "The ending sucked." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, guys, you suck! This is such fucking asshole." Of course, it's people with like blue verified check uh, yeah, Of course, like, it's on Twitter. A month, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, 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 it's a bunch of morons, right? <laughs> um, uh, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, ignore the morons. The ending was fucking great. It ended mm-hmm. exactly the way it needed to. The ending was perfect. I was very satisfied yeah. with the ending. Feature yeah. length, like an hour and a half of goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just giving you very a little full. moment with all the characters, especially flesh- fleshing out the the main three kids um, and their mm-hmm. conflict. It's Yeah, it's just everything. Everything was in character. It was exactly like anything you, you could want. Yeah. 
I don't see it. I don't see it ending any other way. You know, like the way it no, ended. I'm like, yeah. It's pretty much what do how people it should want? End. Like a big like death or a big yeah you know, like action. I think thing. a lot like, of people just like misinterpreted the show and they saw it as like, oh, this Kendall guy, he's gonna like fuck everyone up. He's gonna like, but that's like not what you know. Oh, it's right, not that yeah. kind of show. It's not like a Kendall bro show. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, he's gonna take them all. Like, it's not that with kind the, of show. Yeah, at all. with the grind set montages and stuff. Like, yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's gonna he's gonna get the deal this time. Yeah, no, it's really yeah, not exactly. about that. Um, no, no, people just like yeah, they just miss the point of the show entirely. I will say, you know, I like the finale. I just saw that Better Call Saul finale like last year. That was probably I probably liked that one a bit better as a finale. It, I felt like more yeah. satisfied with that one. But at the same time, like Succession, like there were so many good episodes this season. I don't think they could have topped like some of the best ones. Yeah, like there were some really good ones. So it's not like the best episode of Succession or anything. The no, finale, but I was like happy with it. Like that's that's a good way to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah overall, it's the best season and definitely, like, brings it home the exact way you'd want. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it couldn't have really gone on much longer than four seasons, in my opinion. Like, the at a certain point, no. the structure of having, like, each season is, like, a big deal and the fun kind of comes from the backstabbing of the family and, like, the title of, like, who's going to, you know, take over Logan Roy and run the company um and yeah they kind of stretch that just about as far as it can and yeah take it to its logical extremes in that fourth season especially um yeah i've seen like every one of the episodes apart from this latest one like two or three times because i just i'm in love with that dialogue and i love the 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 grayness of the characters and Mm -hmm. and that attention to detail there's a lot of details you pick up on the second time it's just like so much like it's funny this is like a mainstream successful show because i feel like so much of it goes over people's heads like what they're talking about even the business Mm -hmm. angles of like certain things the deals but that's fine like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because you like the characters and yeah they are like compelling characters and and like sort of sympathetic to a certain extent they're they're kind of um shitty as well yeah they do a good job of that's kind of what's fun about it you know it's like Uh, coming up with these situations where you do empathize with them and Mm -hmm. yeah just exploring like like how this how this succession how this it's almost like shakespearean in a way where it's like set up like instead of the king yeah. and queen framing yeah. it's like the, the company it's, it's kind of like the a king greek and then, like a greek tragedy yeah definitely um, yeah yeah and all the enjoyment for me comes from yeah these like tense relationships where everyone's backstabbing each other and like trying to figure out who can come out on top and just the the, the gross way this uh patriarch at the top of this company is kind of like just the the gross uh like result of his dedication to building up this like mega corp um and all the yeah. like all the crossovers with reality and like taking little little hints of uh, inspiration from like rupert murdoch and like mm-hmm. just the trump j- family this whole space yeah. of like it, it's just genius framing i think just taking mm-hmm. like a company that's kind of mimicking like kind of fox news and yeah a mm-hmm. bunch of this like new emerging tech stuff and streaming space and yeah this like division with uh old media and like pre-established newspapers and tv networks like clashing with um like uh you know silicon valley and social media yeah, companies tech. and there's there's this recurring character in later season three and four um played by uh one of the scars guards yeah who's like he's this one of my favorite parts of the show swedish like tech bro I, guy yeah. um mm. Yeah, and that's I where a lot of like, so the, the humor comes from. 
Yeah, yeah I he love was like that, a fantastic character. character. <laughs> the more uh-huh. they reveal about him, not only is like funny, but it's like really dark and fucked up. Yeah, but he's like a so great evil. antagonist character. Like he is really intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you get the sense like he could eat them all up like whenever he wants. Yeah, he's he's a very intimidating presence. And yeah, I love the way like Alexander Skarsgård played that character, almost like a detached like weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it worked great. Yeah, yeah, it's I love an amazing that parody. Um, I love that dialogue. Um, I love the cringe humor. Um, Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the oh show, yeah. um, created Peep Show, one of my favorite sitcoms, like a British sitcom, mm. which is just the master of like cringe, horrible, awkward humor. Um, one of the best episodes this season is a. Uh, actually, I can't really say it without spoiling. Um, yeah, mm. let's just say that there's like cringe comedy in Peep Show that is like rivaled by this show. And I just think, yeah, finding a way to get that cringe comedy in, but yeah. also have like the drama work as well. And it's like, there's so many like great lines that I'm always quoting, like the hyper decanting and just, just dumb shit like that. Like, yeah. there's so much like depth. <laughs> and I just feel like everything about it is just uh, these characters. And Kendall, Kendall Roy to me is like one of those great protagonist characters i think he's like such an Mm -hmm. interesting like shell of a guy like in his journey through the four seasons is like so kind of pathetic and clawing and the ups and downs of like where he goes and the yeah the bittersweet nature of how it ends is like this is perfect this is everything it needed to be um -hmm. yeah just fantastic Mm -hmm. they they kind of up the game with the music as well i felt like in this season um the music's always great yeah yeah um it's one of I the just, best yeah, things about it. I absolutely mm-hmm. adored this. Um, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, this will just be on my regular rotation, probably, like the whole thing. Yeah, um, it's a great show. Absolutely. I'm yeah. glad they went out on top. And yeah, it didn't get like too repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cringe humor. There's like, yeah, Kendall rapping or whatever in season two. <laughs> you can like bring that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This shit like that. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved the ending. And no real critic. It's like uh, when The Sopranos ended, people were critical of that but at, at the end of the day you know people like the show they'll they'll watch it anyway yeah and it's just like one episode it's not like such a di- disastrous ending like the game of thrones finale was and also like so, i didn't have yeah. that same experience finishing the sopranos yeah. like i didn't find it because it's, it's, it's such like one of those pop culture things i feel like um like just knowing that the end of the sopranos is controversial mm-hmm. that kind of going mm-hmm. into that going into it with that mindset already doesn't even make it that it has like a different impact, I think. Um, it, yeah, like, it's a very it fitting felt, ending to exactly, that show. Yeah, it felt like yeah. kind of a cool ending to me. Like, yeah, a, quite a and, clever that, way and that's to how I felt out. about this ending. It was very fitting how it ended. Mm-hmm. It might not make everyone happy, but that's it. Pretty much hammers home the, the themes and you know message of exactly, the show. Exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know like what people were expecting. Were they expecting more of like a <laughs> happy? They were expecting Kendall to have a big bro a moment and to win the day and yeah it's like really like a know. game of thrones finale where everyone just gets yeah. everything <laughs> well i saw like people were comparing it like to you know those the, the whoever who gets the ceo at the end of succession they were comparing it to like bran like at the end of oh game so of thrones okay. it, but it's it's not that way at all no it's not even really close a to question the same. to me that it was going to be kendall it was more just like how are we going to get there you know or, like, yeah he was in the lead and man Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of dancing around like the the details. So everyone should just yeah. watch this. But um, yeah, 
amazing. Yeah, this is not stuff. the same show. Yeah, it's nothing like that Game of Thrones ending. Yeah, that was super unsatisfying. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah this, that's yeah. It's not like a yeah. Doesn't that will that will anything. go down as just yeah. That will go down as just one of the worst endings ever. Like there's no controversy about that yeah like, no it was interesting like a, everyone's in agreement with game of thrones like six months ago or something i i was just thinking about the end that's right because i rewatched game of thrones that was it um and i got to that last season and just gave up and then i was like i'm gonna go listen to the sardonicast discussion we had on this like when it was fresh when it just dropped and uh yeah i was listening to like man there, there was still like a little tinge of hope like in me when we recorded that um, <laughs> it like hadn't quite hit me like how truly atrocious um, that last season is but man yeah. I, can, yeah. I can't even finish it now like is it, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that embarrassing mm-hmm. yeah man. yeah I, I've been rewatching it too I don't know what I'll do when I get to that part I might the, just yeah, shut it off there's just the or... point where you've just kind of got to stop and just like just let the imagination take over cause it, yeah just like read the died. books <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah as much as you can <laughs> yeah all right. Yeah. I guess that's all. Yeah. Do you think you'll check it out, Adam? Uh, I will finish it one day. I will finish it, knowing knowing that it has an ending that I'm already halfway over halfway towards reaching, is uh, giving me a bit more motivation to finish it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's pretty brief. It's only like ten mm-hmm. episodes a season. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just pick up where I left off. It, I was I was a little bit into season three. Oh cool. yeah, that's yeah. You yeah. can do that. All right. Great. Let's do this one from Vince is depressed. Do you think studios will still try to do cinematic universes or is the trend gone? Marvel's empire seems to be collapsing. DC is way too behind and failed miserably. Every other attempt failed. Do you think other studios will try or move on to video games? That seems like the, the video game thing. Right? thing. It's gamer time. Just do it in video games. Yeah, I think the video game thing will mesh with the cinematic universe thing. Yeah, so you will yeah. get like a cinematic universe of Mario stuff. Like I think mm-hmm. that will happen. Where like they all connect and like inter- like you'll see Mario in like another movie with like some other Nintendo character. That has to be shit. what's going to happen, right? Like what, yeah, I think what other direction happen. could they go? You know, it just makes too much money that stuff. The cinematic universe thing. Yeah, it's not you enough know? to just like have the the trilogy anymore. You know, you got to have the the empire. Um, yeah, there's been cinematic universes for a while. It's like you know, Star Wars is a cinematic universe, and I don't know. But like, what, outside of Marvel, which ones have actually been like, which ones have actually <laughs> cemented <laughs> something? You know, like the Star Wars yeah, like one Star has not gone how they wanted. Like yeah, they oh, got they, they got yeah. like big movies out of it, but like <laughs> they're not in a state where they can, you know, MCU pump out multiple projects mm-hmm. a year on mm-hmm. the big screen. It's too there's that, there's the monsters cinematic universe that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you need a lot of material to do something like that. So it's kind of it's, it's yeah, rare. that's kind of where it leaned yeah. into comic books, right? Because it's just so yeah. much to because you have so but, many. Like, yeah, like literally decades of history you can tap from. Like, they're not even close to with done with all those characters. There's a ton, there's a ton more. And they still have like Fantastic Four, they have X Men. Like, <laughs> you know, Marvel's going to be fine. You know, they'll figure it out. Like, yeah, but there's, man, there's definitely I, I, cracks in the armor, but they'll be fine. I, yeah, I kind of think they're the only company that can really do it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's really any room. It's kind of like, you know, in the video game space, speaking of, like, everyone's, like, trying to get the Call of Duty killer, you know? But it's just always there every year. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. It's, yeah, we've already yeah, got it. Right. Like, you can't just replace the thing that's already defined this <laughs> entire movement, mm-hmm. you know? 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, outside of the big players like Illumination making these, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> NCU, I'm sure, is going to be a thing soon enough. But Yeah. Ugh. We need the baby bus cinematic exciting. universe, the BBCU. <laughs> <laughs> we need more more yeah, God yeah. movies in the the BCU, the uh, Christ Bible. Ooh, uh, yeah, man. God's not dead. Cinematic universe, yeah. Yeah, I guess we're just like running out of IP to film. Just make. We need a Job film. Ooh, get that. Yeah, Job maybe in Aronofsky there. can 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 do that. You know. Noah too. I'm like, I just, I'm so um, exhausted by all of this shit. It, I just want to, I just want to judge movies like on their own merit. <laughs> I just, I just want to watch them. Like, do, do I like the director? Do I like what they're expressing? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what is the point of a movie anymore? Yeah, like to me, it should yeah. be about expressing <laughs> something that the creators of the film want to express. You know, like should be a window into their soul, hopefully. But I just, I'm not. What do we even do? Like, I, I don't care. Super movies could just <laughs> yeah, we'll go on forever. Fully, Video yeah. game movies could just, they could be a, an attempt that doesn't work. It doesn't really matter, does it? I don't know. Yeah. Every time it goes outside of, when it's the business model first, like before any story, before yes. anything, it's like, <laughs> it's always so, it's always so fucking overt, you know? Like, it's always so obvious that it is the business model first when it cuts to that tease for Godzilla at the end of Kong Skull Island or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, these things are not exciting. Um, all the excitement has already been explored. Like, it's, it's kind of over. It's kind of done. Um, yeah. It's just not an exciting premise. That's not going to stop them there. you got to, you got to fail publicly and on a scale so, so embarrassing that it will be <laughs> written in stone. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hmm. hype for Flash. Oh, dude, Flash is going to be so sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to do well. I'm not so sure now, honestly. It's got, like, good projections. Um, I, oh, yeah? Well, yeah. as we get closer, I'm just... I see um, they're mostly marketing the, the Batman angle of it and not, like, the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be, like, the whole thing. Yeah. That's what they're doing. It, yeah. is, it is interesting. Like, it looks like it's going to track rad. okay, but is is it, like okay enough to fix the whole <laughs> position that the studios no. are in with the DC stuff. I, I don't know about that. It, it seems like know. probably maybe the swan song of the like Snyder verse or something. Like, I don't know. Like the death rattle. <laughs> like, the swan song. I don't know. Like maybe they'll use it. They'll probably do. Here's my prediction. They'll probably do like an X-Men thing and they'll be like, this is transitioning the universe into the other ones. And then everybody will yeah. be like, oh, we got to see the flash because it's going to explain why the universe is James Gunn style now. Yeah, that's the only thing, that's the only reason it seems like the movie exists, to be honest, and the only reason they didn't cancel it, like... <laughs> it's a good theory. You know? Yeah. Fuck um, everything. Do another question. <laughs> okay, let's do this one from Fuck Chris everything. Smith, 42069. What's your opinion on the trailer for the movie The Creator? Personally, I think it's refreshing to see a studio putting a lot of money and faith behind an original idea for a sci-fi movie, since studios tend to focus more on reboots, sequels, and superhero movies. Cheers, guys. Love the podcast. 
It's so about Gareth Edwards AI. Is, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gareth Edwards, the Rogue One director and the Godzilla yeah. director, speaking of. Um, a very yeah. um, like technically impressive director. He's like a kind of James Cameron where his movies like always push boundaries in that way. Like apparently the oh, movie yeah? was shot on like a... The movie, like the, the creator, the whole movie was shot on like a consumer grade like camera. Like one of those like you oh, know, really? DSLRs. Yeah, but it looks mm-hmm. fucking amazing. It looks amazing, the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like something you, you know, shot on film. So, it's pushing that kind of boundary. Take that, Red. Yeah. Fuck that. When I think of Monsters, Godzilla, Rogue One, there, there are some, like, there is, like, a little spark of, especially, like, visual scale kind of yeah. genius going on. Um, but, yeah, it's, the, mm-hmm. it's more the characters and the the scripts that usually let right. them down a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, I'm it's, glad it is like an original IP. I, I like that AI is like a big part of it. That seems like unintentionally well timed. Um, but there is like a when I was watching the trailer, there's like a one of the main characters is like a little kid, like a little robot yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's, gonna, it it's could gonna, go. It could go the either execution way. Of that character. Yeah. yeah. The execution of it will be what sells it for me. Here's the thing. Remember I watched the trailer movie? and yeah. yeah, it's an original IP on a technical like like by technicality it doesn't seem like it's going to be like all that original of a movie it looks kind of star warsy it looks kind of fucking ai or whatever you know it looks pretty derivative yeah. and just like okay this is a movie and you you don't usually invest that much money into something unless it's bland as fuck at this in this current year like it either has to be like existing ip or the safest fucking story you could possibly imagine so that's my expectation for it. Hope to be pleasantly surprised, but who knows? Maybe I won't even see it. It could go either way. I'm sure yeah. visually it'll be cool. That's reminds like... me a little bit of Oblivion. It might kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember that one? That, um, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks movie, right? Yeah. Which you know looked great visually, but it was very derivative. Exactly. Of the yeah. story. Yeah. It was like um, he was like a uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the movie was ba- it was like Moon basically, like the same yeah. story as Moon. And Moon is much better movie. Was yeah. Tom Hanks in Oblivion? You, what? No, I don't think so. Okay, Tom Cruise. Oh, did I say Tom Hanks instead I th- of Cruise? I swear you said Tom Hanks, unless I had an, a brain. I'm, yeah, I must. He's, yeah, he's on my mind because of that quote from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> because of uh, you confused me so hard. Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm not like hyped for it or anything. Like as far as sci-fi, I'm much more excited for Dune coming out. But I'll, I'll check this out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Dune. That was a good trailer. I like the black and white stuff in that movie. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready too. Let's do it. <laughs> one more question. So let's end on this one from Realistic Writing Thirty Five, one of the most upvoted comments in the thread. What are your thoughts on Hey Arnold? <laughs> um, <laughs> Football head. It's been forever since I've seen that show. I watched it as a kid, and I saw the movie, but it's been forever. Like, I can't... I don't know. I like. I don't it know if kid. I can pull I, anything I from my it. memory about Hey Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. I remember enjoying <laughs> I really... it when I was younger. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> there was a grandpa. I, I enjoyed it. It's not one I've I've kept up with, like, religiously or, like, rewatched religiously, like yeah. Spongebob. It's not, it's not even something that I feel, like, any sort of compulsion to revisit. No. Me either. The character designs are cool. Like the yeah. distinct shapes. My biggest yeah, my biggest takeaway is the character designs, the the the, the football shaped head of the main character, kind of like Stewie. Um 
different family guy. That's like yeah. it. I was actually like when I screenshot this, I I was thinking that it said the show Arthur. Oh. <laughs> um but oh, yeah. um yeah, I was I'm getting mixed up Arthur. with Arthur and <laughs> Hey Arnold. Um <laughs> you think about Arthur. Hey, what 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 uh, and Arthur was only on my mind because I just I found out recently that Stephen Crowder was a voice on it. Um, yes, which is quite. <laughs> that's, oh, wow. that's, it. that's all I really have to say about Arthur. That's and fine. And the and the intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he fine. played one of the characters when he was like a kid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arthur and went on look for a how while. He turned out. Arthur was like one of the longest running kids shows, like animated kids shows. Mm-hmm. Two hundred fifty nine episodes. Holy moly! It's cray cray. There's some memes from Arthur, you know, like where he oh, has I his fist yeah. and he like punches DW. Yeah. In the fucking mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's clenched. Yeah. That's right. You know yeah. what? I have like I have weird <laughs> memories of Arthur because it like the show influenced me as a kid in terms of like just seeing something on television and replicating it. I distinctly remember mm. there was like an episode where um, there was like the white bunny character. I don't remember his name. Um, and there was like I don't. Rem- his mom was like pushing him in a grocery cart or something. And he like grabbed like some lettuce and just like ate it. And then for some reason, I, I must've been like four years old or some shit. <laughs> like, no, I was born in 91. Yeah. So I was at least, I don't know, five or six. And then I, I just remember like, I, I'm going to do that. Cause I just saw it in the show and I said, <laughs> I tried it once and then my mom got mad and then I never did it again. <laughs> Thanks Arthur. Encouraging kids to steal. Yeah, I mean, pe- I don't think people often recognize <laughs> just how much of what children see in media they just imitate, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I see, like, a clip from a kid's show. I'm like, just don't put that. Don't put that in the fucking kitchen. Like, some kid's going like, to do that and think. Fuck, that's a shit. Yeah, like, any, any, anything that you don't want kids to be doing, don't show it in a kid's show. Yeah. Or else they'll do it. <laughs> just don't give them bad mm-hmm. ideas just have just have your kids show be like either silly weird spongebob shit or like i don't know good moral lessons and just be like oh you know what it's actually better when mm-hmm. you share and that you're not <laughs> don't be an asshole to people that's all you really need of a kid's show they'll fucking watch anything yeah ban furry characters that's the, that's the Arthur takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I said, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of Wonderful day. kind See, of I remember day. the theme song to Arthur, but not Hey Arnold. Yeah, same, actually. Yeah, but we, we got asked about Hey Arnold. Why do we, how do we get on Sorry, Arthur? yeah, I know so little about Hey Arnold, even <laughs> though I've seen a bunch of it. That's why like, we're talking about Arthur. My mind just goes straight to Arthur. Yeah, to exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can search up the theme song. Let's just talk about another kid show. <laughs> yeah. It was Hey Arnold and what was that other? Recess, right? It was like all these kind of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Recess I never watched. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, Recess? Yeah. That was fun. I remember the theme I remember song that for that. A bit better. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it. Yeah, done and dusted. DW was such a shit. I fucking hated her. She's so DW. annoying. DW. D-W. Oh, my God. <laughs> that clip of... What was the bunny's name? He's like, would people really just do that? Just go on the internet and tell lies? <laughs> I've used that before. Yeah. I love that. No, it's just looking at the character names. they got some fun ones. Binky Barnes, Buster Buxter. <laughs> I think Buster's the rabbit, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. We're having a guest on the next episode. Yeah, mm. cool. Crestan uh, Rangquest? Huh? Karsten Runquist is going to join us <laughs> on the next episode, oh, yeah. and they have recommended a film that we will discuss. Uh, it is a 2008 film called Wendy and Lucy by Kelly Reichart. I've seen it. I don't know if Ralph and Alex have seen it. but uh, I don't think no. so. Okay, cool. All right. If you don't want to be spoiled for Wendy and Lucy, 2008 film directed by Kelly Reichart, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks. Uh, you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com, signing up for premium, or going to patreon.com slash sardonicast. It's only $2 a month. You can feel good about yourself and support the show. Keep us out of poverty. Uh, there's some uh, merch in the description. You can, uh, you can buy some merch if you want. No pressure. There's a keep us uh, out of poverty, <laughs> right? Two bucks it does a lot. <laughs> no, uh, sir. Right. We've got a Sardonicast <laughs> highlights channel on YouTube. You can subscribe to, and uh, I guess that's about it. Have a happy thousandth planet. I don't know if we're ever gonna have a spirit happy, wave. F- happy Final Fantasy. Happy Final Fantasy, the oh. spirits within. Yeah. Have a ha- Make sure you go to the dock and get your phantom intensity checked, okay? Because that's important. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. You got you to gotta watch out for that phantom intensity. Nonsense. It sneaks up on you. Nonsense. After age 35, you really got to get that checked out, like, frequently. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I forgot to get my phantom intensity checked out, and now I'm like, fucked. <laughs> screwed. Yeah, I don't think insurance covers it either, so. No. I'll do. I'll check out my phantom intensity when I'm back in Canada. I'll do that. <laughs> All right. Have a happy Shrek. Bye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. bye.